in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Haters said we never do it. They said it couldn't be done. And look at us here. Three o'clock sharp. When the song started playing. 301 as we start talking here on a Tuesday, January 2nd. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Welcome into the UFL College of Business Studios. Want to get your MBA? Feel like you're getting paid in the process? Only one way to make that happen is by visiting business.louisville.edu to see how the UFL College of Business can make that happen for you. The text line riddled with people who said, these guys said they're going to start starting the show at 3 o'clock sharp. No way it's going to happen. Boom. In your face. No worries. Trevor's looking four minutes more tired today than usual. That's okay. He made it in here. You cost me one more cigarette, people. <laughs> that last cigarette I get at 3 to 304. It's the best one. Ha- no, don't be mad about it. Don't be, don't be surprised if I'm a little angrier today. It's the dessert cigarette. It's, it's, yes. The creme brulee of it's, cigarettes. It's that last one as I walk in and I flick the butt out to, as, I, as I open up the door. And it makes you so happy. It, it does. It, it, gives me that, it gives me that last little pleasure. So if I'm, if I'm a little short today, just just know why. He's going to have to start hitting one at the break. You're going to have to head outside <laughs> at least once a show now. That's what's we going to happen. window over here. They're not going to care, right? Yeah. Yeah. Frowned upon. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's explicitly laid out in the rules, but frowned upon. For sure. I mean, well, frowned. I can deal with frowned upon. It's the it's the absolute absolute no is the one I don't I don't like. The best part is that so we've got like five people already on the text line who are like, there's no way that they're gonna start the show at three. All that stuff. We're gonna have like 15 people at 3:05 who are checking in. They're like, what the hell? They've been talking. <laughs> Why are they already talking? What's going on? This I missed all routine. the sports parts. They already did the nonsense. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're done. They're done talking sports today. Uh, we've got we have lots to get into today. We've got I don't know if you you've heard this, Trev. Jeff Brom, our guy's cleaning it up in the portal. Oh, just just I mean, it's not stopping. He's like he's like the Phil Rich of, of recruiting. He's just he's making, making it rain, rain nonstop. Everywhere. Not from Portland. Though. He's not from Portland. He's from Burn Creek. He's from Burn Creek. <laughs> <laughs> making it rain in the portal. They're really been... better though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. I mean, the voice. I, I like the voice. The voice is still good. Yeah, we love Portland. I'm not, I'm not saying Fern Creek is better than Portland no, no. or that Portland is better than Fern Creek. I like the voice saying, Fern Creek. <laughs> We've got that to talk about. We need to make that commercial. <laughs> we can do that. We can make that happen. I know a voice guy. We've got Tim Sullivan Madness out there. No, oh, no. What is that wacky reporter up to? Now, we have two reports from Leo Weekly. 
The one from yesterday we tried to kind of digest on the fly, and we talked briefly about it. I want to dive into because I actually think the part that that they led with, the part that they made the headline, I think is the less interesting part of that report that came out yesterday. So we'll talk about the second half of that, and then we'll get into today's report, which features Chris Mack, Dino Gaudio, and the Gaudio Audio, and has some interesting quotes from Chris Mack. So we'll dive into that stuff. The Gaudio Audio that rhymes. I know. We, you act like we've never said that. We, we talked about the, we used Gaudio Audio for like a. Six months straight on the show was a thing. I was I was out that week. That uh, week. Yeah, that was <laughs> right after DeAndre Moore committed to Texas. That's when we were talking about Gaudio Audio. But we start today, by the way, Texas, on the, on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. Your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your concerns. We love Thornton's. We love the Refreshing Rewards app. Download it today. Become a new Refreshing Rewards program member, and you'll get a free breakfast sandwich and a free drink of your choice. But we start today. Last night... What can you say? College football national title game. Ugh. You and I both. The worst nightmare we could ask for in terms of the scenario we set up before the show, right? Are we were both incredibly wrong. <laughs> well, you yeah. more so than me because you picked TCU to win. <laughs> I picked Georgia by 11. But I said, like, your thing was TCU is going to race out to a big early lead. They're going to hold on late. It's going to be a great game. I said, I think it's one of those games where Georgia races out to an early lead very quickly. And everybody's like, well, this game's already over. And then TCU comes back. They're going to be able to score on Georgia, and it's 45-34. I thought I was doing pretty well early on. <clears throat> Georgia races out to the early lead. Everybody on Twitter declares that the game's over. Mm-hmm. Then TCU scores, and I'm like, here we go. And then just avalanche. Nothing. I mean. The craziest thing, I don't even know if, if you've seen this stat. So 65-7 to is the final score. There are was eight, that what it was? I, just, I kind of zoomed out. I didn't watch the second half. I had it on, but I was, it was on, but I wasn't paying attention. I, I would turn it back on periodically, but I started watching Welcome to Wrexham. I'm like, I'm, I'm all in on the show. <laughs> I'm not going to watch TCU lose by 60 if I can watch TV that I actually want to watch. So 65 to 7, 58-point win for Georgia. There are a billion bowl games a year now, and this has been a thing for, what, like 20 years, basically, when they started expanding and having 40-plus bowl games. We've had... My point is there are a ton of college football games, bowl games, that have been played over the last 100 years. 58 points is the largest margin of victory in any bowl game. Not college football playoff. Really? Not national title game. Any bowl game that's ever been played, 58 points is the record. The second, uh, tied for the second, was also the uh, LSU win over Purdue just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, eight days ago, I should say, that uh, was tied for number two with some. But it's like Center College had a game on the list. I think it was a Center College win over TCU in 1920 that also was on the list. I think that was like 55 points. That's that's why I wouldn't have believed you when you told me that it was big because I would assume there was something back Same. in like the the 60s or 30s where a team lost like 82 to nothing or something. I would have lost money on it. Yeah, some, yeah. Like the the Holiday Bowl in in 1919 featured a. You know, 96 point win by Georgia Tech. Yeah. Cumberland's College. I see it all the time. No, Cumberland was 114 to nothing, wasn't it? I think it was more than that. I think it was like 172 or something. <laughs> the video on that is great. Uh, shout out to John Boyce yeah. if you ever want to hear the, the full story there. But it was just as thorough an ass kicking oh. international title game or a championship game of any sort that I think you're ever going to see in any sport. We've had some bad ones over the years in college football and in college basketball, in the NFL. There have been some lopsided Super Bowls lopsided finals games, nothing like this. Nothing where it's just like the two teams are playing different sports, which is how it felt last night. I was you think I made you think I was wrong just by predicting DC to win. So I leave here yesterday, go some errands, and I had to go across the river to do to uh to this 
the other studio to grab oh, wait, some stuff. Not on. The stream's not working. The stream's not working. Wow. Not. Check it out. Maybe it's just doesn't come on until three oh five. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> the stream has just gotten used to it. And we're on the air. Okay. I mean, as far as I can tell, we're on the air. All right. Uh, but the um, yeah. So I go across the river and I get over a little later than I wanted to because I wanted to get to I wanted I wanted to bet TC like plus fourteen, and I get across the river right after like kickoff. And I, I go on there, and it's already doing a live like George has already scored seven nothing, and the line goes from fourteen to twenty five and a half. Oh gosh, on seven nothing. I'm thinking, and I see that I'm like, give me, give me, give me. I would have bet that. I'm like in that moment. I'm like not I jumped on it. Yeah, I'm like not even a hundred. I'm going like a couple hundred. I'm like I'm I'm doing one fifty on this one. I'm like let's drop it because the money line was the, the odds were like minus one one twenty I think so it wasn't paying off as much. But the fact it jumped so high, I was like, just come on, you gotta be kidding me. And so I keep, I go into the office, I'm doing some stuff, I'm there for about 45 minutes or so, I still make, stop and get some food, get home, and I wasn't listening to the game on the road while I was driving, and I get home, I get back, and it's like 45-7, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I wonder what the live, wire, live line is right now, can I get 60? <laughs> it was, it got out of hand very quickly. Like, yeah. There was, so I Why was to have been even in the fourth quarter? I don't know. It, it, it was 17-7. to seven. When I went back and just, just sat with Virginia until she fell asleep in her bed. And as that's happening, my phone's blowing up. And I'm like, everybody's flipping out about how this game's over. Like, good night, TCU. I'm like, surely to God, it can't be that bad. And I, I go out, and it's already 31-7. to 7, And it's not even halftime yet. It was just, it was unreal. And, and I do hate it as somebody who is a, because my favorite team is on the outside looking in, if you want to talk about it, in, in terms of the college football haves and haves nots. I was hoping for at the very least a competitive game because you knew if it was a a blow, even if it was like a four touchdown blowout or a three touchdown blowout, the same old tired talking points were going to get drudged up. This is why we don't need a playoff. Just put the best teams in there. And the fact of the matter is, you can. It, it's much easier to argue that TCU wasn't one of the two best teams in college football or one of the four best teams in college football right now than it was 24 hours ago. The fact of the matter is, they earned their way there. And you, you have to give, when you your sample size is that small, when it's just 12 games plus potentially a conference championship game, it's why you need an expanded playoff. Because we can assume, for the based on history, based on the fact that the SEC has dominated in, in title games all these years, they've won, what, now they've won, I think, four in a row. They had won seven in a row at one point in the last decade. You can assume that those teams are clearly superior to teams like TCU, or whoever the Pac-12 champion, if USC had won their last game, they would have been. But you don't know for sure. You can't know for sure. And there has to be a reason why you play the games. Bama lost twice. The games have to matter at some point. Do I think they were better than TCU? Of course. Hell yeah. The games have to matter at some point. Well, that's why they went to the tournament in the first place, because you mentioned all those those wins in a row. A majority of those were when they were doing the BCS pick, where they picked the two teams. And it had to be SEC. And they players. always picked, yeah. When, the year they did LSU-Bama rematch was the year that you, you knew that this, that this, was, this, exactly. we, this has got to go. This is, this, this is fixed. It's ridiculous. It's just no one wants to watch this. And is the playoff going to be filled with, you know, Bama stomping on teams, 58 nothing like this? Maybe, but Probably. maybe not. You, you don't know for sure, and that's why you have to have play the game. I mean, in college basketball, is the postseason perfect? No. But nobody argues that the national champion didn't earn it. You may argue that it wasn't the best team and it was kind of a fluky deal, but you still have to go out there and earn it. And when you've got 363 teams, the sample size is much larger in college basketball than it is in college football. The teams play 30-plus regular season games before Selection Sunday. But it's still not enough to say anything unequivocally. You've got to have, you've got to have opportunity to know for certain 
that one of the best teams in the sport is at least getting an opportunity to play until they lose. And it's why I think expanding it to 90 is, is ridiculous, even though it's probably going to happen now. 68's enough. Like, like the, the regular season has to matter to a point. But you also have to give opportunity. And college football right now, more opportunities better. Like, it, it, let, let's say a team from the Pac-12 loses a non-conference game to a team from the SEC in week one, but they had a couple of guys hurt. Or they had a couple of newcomers that were going to be relied on heavily through the season. Or they hadn't realized yet that their backup quarterback was actually their best quarterback. And they realized that in early October. And by the end of the season, they're playing as well as anybody. In the current system, they may not have a chance to play for a national title. Span a playoff, they at least get a shot to prove it. And it's why I'm excited about the playoff. I still I hate the I hate the fact that it got so out of hand last night because then you had people who were like, Well, the yes, this is why the Big Ten's never gonna be as good as the SEC. I'm like Mother bleepers, like, Georgia was beaten by Ohio State in their most recent game. Georgia was dead to rights. They should have lost to Ohio State by any— It was a fluky fourth quarter that got—now, they, they won the game. They deserve to play for the national title. But don't act like they are light years above the Big Ten because they housed a team that beat the Big Ten's best team. They should have just lost to Ohio State. I mean, this is—we <clears throat> talked about this yesterday in the show. This is why we needed the game not to be what it was because you knew that would be— the reaction from the majority of people that, that this is why we don't need an expanded playoff and yada yada. This is, I mean, this is Hawaii in the in the in the BC in the in the Sugar Bowl all over again, which by the way was Georgia, I think, that destroyed them as well. <clears throat> SEC homers don't ever they, they conveniently forget the Utah beating Alabama year or the you know the, the 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 Oklahoma losing the Boise State year, but they remember they remember Hawaii and they're going to remember last night and, and conveniently, of course, but. I, I, I like it at eight. I think 12 is still too many. I'll take 12, but I think eight is perfect number. You sound a little bit worse today, by the way. Well, I'm getting the last cigarette in. Is that cold getting worse? Yeah, I need to go blow my nose, too. I don't have any tissues in here. There's one napkin in here, and I'm afraid to use it because... It's your last one. Well, no, it's because Patrick Ryan signed it. It's got a, it's like an art, a piece of art. It's kind of creepy. I know, and I don't want to use it. I'm like, so I'm like, uh, maybe I'll just wait till the break. But he was, signed it and put a smiley face. Yeah, and so I was like, I don't want to I don't want to blow my nose into that. This seems mean, right? Yeah. Like, I thought I should frame it. I don't think he remembers that he did that. Do you think I should frame it? No. <laughs> you could have gotten away with that. And he would He would have never known. But this could be worth something one day. Could be. When he's you know, employing all of us at his radio station. <laughs> that signature on my checks. Could be great. <laughs> I, the, uh, the other thing that I think stood out to me, because I'm in favor of the expanded playoff. I hate that TCU got beaten so handily because it does lend credence to the argument against it. For, but the, the argument doesn't matter anymore. The, the playoff expanding is done. We get one more year of this four-team playoff, and then we're going to get 12 teams. But it, it was like an indication of, let's say Louisville does get hot at the right time three years from now. Pierce Clarkson, he's got the goods. This recruiting class is just as good as we all hope they're going to be. We keep killing it on the recruiting trail. TJ Capers is a sign of things to come. We've got great players coming in for the foreseeable future, and Jeff Brom is even better than we think he's going to be as a head coach. And we make the 12-team playoff. We make a run. We get our shot, let's say, in the semifinal or the quarterfinal against a Georgia and Alabama or whatever. Last night just goes to show, like, it is a different level. It, 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 it is a different sport when you're playing with these teams that have been not just hot on the recruiting trail recently. Because Georgia, I think people started noticing when Kirby Smart got there like four or five years ago, like, they're getting everybody. Like, like they are right there with Bama now in terms of loading up on five-star talent. And a few years from now, you're going to start to see that talent showing itself. I mean, they lost a lot of guys from last year's team to the NFL draft. They, they lost a what I think 
what they have 15 draft picks, something absurd from last year's team, six on the defensive side of the ball that were all in the first three rounds. Like they lost a ton from last year's team, and they were even better this year. They went undefeated and they won the national title game by 58 points. And by the way, they're preseason number one for next year. Everybody. I mean, they've got the number one pick on their, their well, consistent maybe top three pick on in Joe and Carter on their defensive line. They're going to be good for a long, long time. And their schedule next year, by the way, sucks. Like they, they, that's already been pointed out by a lot of people. It's not their fault entirely. They were supposed to play Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma dropped the game when the SEC when they announced that they were you know moving conferences and SEC was expanding. So that kind of sucks for them. They they have. They have a bunch of cupcakes. Their only hard game is at Tennessee. Sorry, Kentucky fans, if you're like, what would they play us? Their only hard game, theoretically, is at Tennessee. They should walk to 12-0 and next season and then shot at the SEC title again. But, like, they just, at every position, they were bigger, more physical, more athletic. And I guess that should have gone without saying. But to see it actually play out, it's one thing to see it on paper, to see it with your own eyes. I'll say it again. It was like they were playing a different sport last night. And my maybe my favorite moment of the game, this happened right before I turned it off. I watched, like you, I kind of was periodically checking in the second half just to see how bad it was getting. And every time I flipped over, I felt like I was seeing another touchdown. But at, at halftime, you had David Pollock, who's you know, played at Georgia, sitting right next to Nick Saban, who's awesome on the broadcast. By the way, he's, he's like a different dude when he's on TV than he is in any of his press conference or any of his media availability. He's engaging. He's kind of charismatic. He seems like he likes life a little bit when he's on TV. He was great. But David Pollock is sitting there right next to Saban, just stating outright, and I think correctly so, George is the new king of college football. Like, this is their sport now. They've taken over. They're the kings. They're the champs. They're the chaste. Everybody else is following them. And Saban's right there, and it's kind of uncomfortable. You can tell Saban's like, all right, like let's see what happens. But at the moment... He's not wrong. They have uh, Bill Connolly, who writes for ESPN.com, had a thing today breaking down the best two-year runs in college football history, and he ranks the most recent one by Georgia these last two years as the best of all time, the, the best run in college football history over two years. And they're not going away. They're just going to keep getting better, it seems like, the way that they're recruiting. It does feel, I'm not going to say Georgia and everybody else, because Bama's clearly not more than a stone's throw away, but right now, they're the kings of the castle. Like this is Georgia's. Oh, sport. they lose Stuart Bennett the fourth. God, who's what twenty five? I mean, are, where where are they going to find another uh, another another kid from the debate team to play quarterback? Everyone had the like, everyone acted like they just found out last time how old he is. It was one of those things because he's on the biggest stage. Everyone's like five of the NFL quarterbacks in the playoffs are younger than Stetson Bennett. I'm like, we've we've known this. He's been playing college football since 2017. Well, how do you think he was going to be? They, they they tell you he went to college. He left. He went to JUCO. He left. He came back. I mean, do you think he just stopped growing? It's not. <laughs> he's, he's not going to get younger. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like this was easily accessible information before last night. But everybody's like, he's younger than Lamar Jackson, which he's actually not. He's he's. He, well, he's, there people are saying he's older than Lamar Jackson. He's younger than Lamar Jackson, but it's close. But he is younger than I think, or older. I keep mixing up younger. Than <laughs> I was going to say, I'm getting confused now. I know. I am. Yeah, it's my fault. He, he is older than several NFL quarterbacks. Lamar is, is not one of them. But well, how old is Stewart officially? Is he 24? Is he... His name's not Stewart, by the way. It's, it's Stetson Bennett. I'll come Stewart. He looks like a Stewart to me. He looks like, I like the tweet last night. It was like, Timmy Chalamet is going to play this guy. Just kill it in his biopic. Do you know who Timothy Chalamet is? Um, no. Okay. Well, then that, that reference did not hit with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I know how you feel. <laughs> but he is, uh, he, he's a, he's 25 years old. He, I mean, 
he made all the throws last night. I, granted, a lot of them were to wide open receivers, but when he needed to make big throws early in the game, when it was still relatively, I won't say competitive, but it was it was the first quarter, so there TCU was kind of close. He made every big throw. Like he looked, I, I don't know what his NFL future is. He looked really good last night. He was terrific. His well, NFL future is not. He's going to be working at a. Yeah, he's not going to be. He's going to be doing uh, SEC Network here in about a year and a half. He will be great on the SEC Network. Though. That's what he will be doing, of course. <laughs> I don't know if he's quite handsome enough to pull off like a long-term ESPN career, but he'll be great on the SEC Network. Yeah, that, that's where that that's his niche. He's going to be terrific there. I like that he's nicknamed the Mailman too. <laughs> Why is he nicknamed the Mailman? Because he I looks like one. <laughs> I still don't really get it, but he's he's the Mailman. But that was the other story last night. Was he's going like FedEx guy now instead? Amazon man. The Amazon. <laughs> who it's orders, too wordy. It's who too orders wor- stuff in the mail anymore? It's too wordy. Who, who, gets, who actually uses their mailman? I mean, you use FedEx, you use Amazon. <laughs> the Zon. You got to update it. The other thing about last night's game, I don't know if you saw the – so it started raining at SoFi Stadium, which, which was – di- <laughs> It was a disaster inside because they've got – like people kept falling, falling on the concourses because they've got this – it's not designed to be like an outside Rain. stadium. Yeah. And they, it got all wet, and people just kept slipping and falling, having to get treated by medics there. But the worst part was the tweet where it was only hitting – the rain was only hitting the fans on the TCU side. I mean – Can you imagine <laughs> sitting through that? And let me ask you this, because this has been a question. It was unavoidable. Would you rather have like not made the playoff at all, had a great season, gone to the, the Rose Bowl or something, or – Made the playoff, made history for your school, made history for kind of the the have-nots. On the, I know they're a Big 12 team, but they were in CUSA with us not so long ago and got into the championship game, but become sort of a national punchline forever because you lost by 58 points. Which is better? I'm, I'm taking what, what happened in, with TCU getting there. You would, If you're a fan, you Yeah, I'm, I'm still taking it now. Even again. though everyone's going to point and laugh at you forever? Yeah, because well, eventually they, they they'll forget about the score at some point. I mean, I don't th- think so. Not not when it's like that. I think sixty five seven is it paints a hey, listen, a hard picture to erase from your a great, mind. A great example is, is Wagner going to the state finals. I, I like to brag about it. Now I conveniently you know leave out that Highlands beat them fifty six to seven in that title game on three pass attempts by Jared Lorenzen. How to this day he scored fifty six points on three pass attempts? I don't know. I, I didn't record the game. But I wish I had. But that's. But I, I, but that that doesn't bother me. I still brag that Wagner made the state title game. If you're TCU, at some point, hey, listen, the score, the score, relevant. We were in the national championship game. Can I quickly point out the problem with your parallel? The, the national championship game is a little bigger than the three state title game in 1997. People are reminding Wagner fans <laughs> constantly about that 56 to seven loss because nobody knows what you're talking about. I mean. <laughs> I'm glad they don't remember the score. That's why it's easier to brag about it. I do remember them going to the state title game. I remember them losing handily, but that's because I was, I'm roughly, I'm a few years younger than you. I was in grade school, I think, when that happened. But yeah. I don't think, like, probably. It was at Old Cardinal Stadium, too. I, I would remember. say 3% of people listening to the show right now knew that <laughs> Wagner played for a state title that year or that they got blown out. And a lot more know that Georgia beat TCU by 58 points. Well, you know what? And that, we'll remember that for a lot that's longer. That's the problem with kids today. They just don't appreciate the history. I, it's not a simple answer. I think you'd you'd love to say as a fan, and I I do lean towards saying, look, it's embarrassing. It's people are going to make their jokes, and TCU fans, you you're, you want to tell yourself 
It's a 24-hour cycle. People will forget quickly. They're not going to forget quickly. It was the ass-beating of a lifetime, and everybody was watching it. But still, you played for a national title. Like, that's something that you can all— You were the national runners-up in 2022. You can always have that on your your program's history. And it will, I think, improve the brand. You still have the win over Michigan. But, man, it, it is— If it had just been, like, 31-14, to 14, if it had been thorough— but not a score that just screams video game obscurity, absurdity, then I think you would have been okay. I bet it was the LSU beat down in 19, I forget. Wasn't that, like, that 63 to 20 or something? No. It was only, they only won by, I think, like, 24 points. The Clemson-LSU game? Yeah, the one where the, the, the LSU team may be one of the best teams we've ever seen. They were really, really good. 63-28. So that's what? For, no, 42-25 is the final score. No, that was. Oh, you're right. I'm looking at the. Yeah. I'm looking at the Oklahoma game. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, forty-two right. twenty-five. So they won by My seventeen. Bad. My bad. So not that bad. I was confusing those two games. Then my bad. It was. I mean, they were it was, again thorough. If it's that type of loss, yeah, it's bad that you got your ass handed to you. But people aren't going to remember that score. Like you I, don't know, I feel. Like, I feel like. It, I feel like in ten years, you, you're going to be if you're a TC fan, you're going to brag, and then somebody's like, oh yeah, I forgot y'all made the title game. That, y'all got beat, right? And like, of course, you know. But I don't know. I just I, I like think it. you're grossly underestimating how much know. this sticks with college football fans. Sixty-five to seven <laughs> is not like forty-two twenty-five. <laughs> you and I had both forgotten that score. We knew that LSU won handily, but we had we did not know the score. Sixty-five to seven. Nobody's forgetting. I mean, I feel like Louisville still lost to Air Force sixty-five to seven, and it was a three-point game. <laughs> Again, that's you, Trove. <laughs> I love you. That 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 is a you specific thing. The average college football fan will not forget. That Georgia won by fifty plus. They may not be able to tell you sixty five seven specifically, but they know that it was. 60 it was it plus, was a butt kicking. That it was it, like. But you but you also but, butt but you also look back at the LSU game and say a butt kicking as well. You don't but you don't think like I I would have ne- people will not forget that it was the biggest win in bowl history. People will mm. people do forget that LSU won by seventeen. I don't know. I think you're giving too much credit to humanity. I don't think you're giving enough. I I, I think <laughs> I think people's memories are slightly better than your. <laughs> drug abused one. I mean, right now, but I mean, let's. I mean, I'm getting five years down the road. Let's see, ten years down the road. Let's see, ten ten years ago, who was in that championship? Ten years ago, that would have been 2012. Uh, who won that year? Was that the Notre Dame uh, Bama game? It was Alabama. That was uh, yeah. That was 42 14. Yeah, that was because people were bringing up Notre Dame last night. And you remember them getting shellacked, but you don't you don't remember the exact score. You just remember the shellacking. Trevor, 65 to seven. Once again, it's not. <laughs> these things are not comparable. It's like you bring up. They scored. It's like you bringing up the Wagner comparison. It, it, they're just. It's a different level. It is fifty eight points and seventeen points are totally different games. Well, forty two to seven, forty two fourteen. I was bringing up the LSU Clemson game. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that was only seventeen. I could have swore that was a bigger deficit. Maybe it's because like the Oklahoma game. Was well, like I think that. it's just people expected that to be like a great classic. Yeah, matchup. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, and it was, it was it w- LSU pretty much th- dominating. Dominating. Yeah, Clemson probably scored late in that game, if I'm right. But they did not score in the fourth quarter. No, they didn't. So it was just uh, just complete butt kicking. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just I don't know. I just if I'm TCU fan. I'm 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 happy. I mean, I'm not happy when it ended, but I'm glad we got the national championship game. Now the fact it's raining on their side only. I mean, if there's if there's ever the equivalent of like the Al Bundy with the, the rain cloud hanging above him as he walks down the street. It was bad. I mean, that's just sad. That's just like that's something out of a. I mean, that's literally out of a cartoon. It is, and it also somebody uh, multiple people sent me the <laughs> the basketball clip from the locker room where it's like 
it does certainly seem to be raining bleep on Joe Cooper. <laughs> Baseball is such an underrated movie, by the Baseball's way. Baseball is funny. I mean, this movie does not get enough credit. I swear to you guys, get down on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. Let's, uh, I tell you what, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll read some text. You guys have thoughts on last night's game and also about us starting the show at 3. And then we can dive fully into Tim Sullivan madness. Uh, his reports on the UofL basketball program are very, very interesting. We'll spend some time with that today. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on next here on 1450 and level of a gift. Michael Scott made that mistake. First Christmas episode of The Office. I don't know. I disagree. I, I mean, love you an oven mitt's worth. <laughs> Programming note. Tonight, 7 o'clock, we'll have the Jeff Walls radio show on 970 WGTK, your new home from Cardinal Athletics. If you can make it down to the downtown parlor pizza, that's where that's going to be. Uh, last night, we had the Kenny Payne radio show, which I believe featured Josh Jameson. Uh, who is doing the scout this week. He also handled the media availability duties today. Does, does Payne not just do his own radio shows? He hasn't been doing it very much. Has he he's done like, one? He's done a couple. He was like, late. He's like, so every week I feel like you're like, he didn't show up, so-and-so got there like late. He's or, recruiting. Uh, he's recruiting. I mean. He's he's building a better future for all of us. <laughs> he would just call it the Louisville Coaches Show. I mean, I feel like we're misleading by calling it the Kenny Payne Show. What do you want me to say? <laughs> you can catch all of them on 970 WGTK. Your own for Cardinal <laughs> Athletics and Coaches Show. Jeff Walls will be in attendance tonight. You'll hear from him directly at 7 o'clock, right after the Cardinal Insider. Probably, right? Is it- I hope he sends it. I haven't, you, it. I haven't gotten it yet. It okay. I'm uh, sent it. He sent it good yesterday, and I got it done. It's going to be sent it. Let's see here. What do, you think, what do you think the odds I got so far yet are? 5 to 1. I don't want to, okay, let's see. Pulling back the curtain here on the air. <laughs> Checking the email. Email's checking. Uh, it has not arrived. That's what I thought. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex <sighs> line. Jody's so busy. We'll take some text from you guys here before we dive into the Tim Sullivan stuff. Uh, mostly we talked about last night's game. If you've got thoughts, let us know. Texture says, it's worth pointing out every football league from high school to professional plays a tournament to decide the champion. Yeah, it's, it's the biggest counterargument to the whole BCS system. There's no level of football that complains about their postseason besides FBS, and they all have playoffs. It all works fine. Stop being silly. We've had playoffs for the last few years. I mean, but, but four team. You know, before yeah. that, you know, there were still people who argued against expanding to four teams back in the day. A lot of people. I'm sure people argued about doing this old BCS scenario back in, starting back in the late 90s. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of – I did love the random – I mean, when you think back about how ridiculous was it that we had a system in the 80s and 90s where – the number one team in the country could play its last game against like the number twenty-four team in the country based on conference affiliation and bowl tie-ins, and the number two team in the country could play like an unranked team in a bowl game, and we just had, would have to guess which one of those two teams was better. I have better votes. 
AP versus USA. It was hilarious. I thought, when was when was our last tied national champion? Was that ninety four? No, we had we had a USC and uh, Florida split. I think was, was it USC and Florida. No, ninety six. Like, oh three, oh four. Uh, yes, it was. Oh, <laughs> 2003 was USC LSU. LSU, USC LSU. Even when they had the BCS trophy to give away, they yeah. still USC was so dominant and didn't get to play. That's because yeah, that's that's the thing about when you watch that USC 30 for 30, and they're like they were going for three straight. I'm like, no, they weren't. And they, they we... were going for back to back. Technically, they didn't win that national title in 03. Well, but the bowl still counts. Yeah, I mean and, they they were the AP winner, but that's and how count. The, the craziest thing about that time. Well, it does count. The craziest thing about that time was we had a 13 and 0 Auburn team. In the middle of that era, that didn't get a chance to play for the national title. Thirteen zero from the team from the SEC that didn't get a shot to play for a national championship. And they were on probation, weren't they? On the cheating? No, they just did not get in because you had. I think it was USC and Nebraska played in the national title game. Before that, but yeah, it was actually Nebraska, Michigan, ninety seven was the last time before that. Texture says I had to. I'm primarily a podcast listener, but Trevor had me humming "Living La Vida Loca" at work today. Also, the combination of Jeff Brom and this awful basketball season has me itching so much for football that I'm buying season tickets for the first time since I graduated. That's a story that I hear just about every day. What about me? I'm in living La Vida Loca? That one, not as much. Okay. Only every other day. But the second one, <laughs> every day somebody comes to me, whether it's in person or Twitter or email or what have you, and seems to say, buying season tickets. Either I've never had them before or, like this person, I took some time off, now I'm back in. I mean, Mary, the other day, you know, we haven't had season tickets since the pandemic. We, we, we dropped ours then. And she's like, I feel like we need to get back in the season ticket game. Kids are getting a little bit older. We can take them to the game. I'm like, we may have to. It's, you know, Jeff Brom doing what he's doing. Texas, the I Brom have effect, it. baby. It's it's just hashtag Brom effect. Hashtag Brom effect. Swaggy Jeff. <laughs> Texas, I haven't liked Georgia since the Belk Bowl in 2014. I was 14 years old walking into the game, and a grown-ass man started barking at me for no reason. It's going to happen. <laughs> Dog's going to bark. I can't be mad at him for that. That's, come on, that's great. <laughs> I mean, it's great's one word, but it's it's going to happen. It's just, it's it, that's what it is. Texas, after the month layoff, I'd argue that the first quarter or so of the Ohio State versus Georgia game was way more fluky than the fourth quarter or the Georgia kicker mi- 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 missing two makeable field goals. Eh, I mean, come on. No, no. So what? No, he lost me there a little bit. He's saying because Georgia had so much time off. That Ohio State start was primarily because Georgia was was rusty. Guess no, what? With this expanded playoff, you're going to have teams that the first four teams are getting buys. You're going to have that rust argument if you're not ready to go in the quarterfinals. Teams played the week before. Here's this is also my second big prediction when it comes to the the playoff because you've got as it's set up right now, the first round games the five twelve six eleven seven ten eight nine those are going to be played on campus sites and then from the quarterfinals on it's going to keep with the the bowl game neutral fields. I'm going. I, I'm willing to bet that people fall in love so much with the atmospheres of those first round games that are played at campus sites that they go ahead. They expand the quarterfinals to be on campus sites as well, because if you're a if you're like a, a two seed Ohio State and you're watching the seven ten game and it's hosted by I don't know like Auburn and Jordan Hare Stadium is is going nuts and you see it. It's just the crazy. I mean, think about it. Like we've never had a game at any of these historic stadiums where a chance to win a national title has been on the line. Like it should be the craziest home atmosphere that we've ever seen at places like Bama, Michigan, Ohio state, where have you, I think you're going to see that and be like, well, I want that. I want that in the quarterfinals. It's not fair that they get to have this environment, have all that momentum. And then we go and meet them on a neutral field in, you know, 
California, like like this past and, and the atmospheres for these national title games and these semifinals, it's just not as good. It's not, and I know we have the same argument to a lesser extent when it comes to college basketball and the NCAA tournament. But college football is built on pageantry and tailgating, which they couldn't do at SoFi Stadium for whatever reason yesterday, apparently, and all of that stuff, the, the traditions, the home environment, the home fans, the student sections, and you don't get any sort of taste of that in these semifinal and title games. And I'd like to, see, I think, I think you're going to see that be so refreshing and so successful in those first round games that at some point, I know they'd lose a little bit of money, I guess they'll expand it to the quarterfinals. We also be played on campus sites. And I think that'll be awesome. This last time we did have, that would be like Miami and the orange bowl when they would play the orange Bowl in Oklahoma for the national title. I mean, you've had, you've had a few in far between or USC playing in the Rose bowl, maybe. Yeah, but even those games, like technically, they have to set it up so it's like a neutral side, and like you know, they, they can't have the, you, the logo. Yeah, it's you, like when U of L hosts games with like the, the Miami Oaks, that was that was far from neutral. I mean, it was pretty yeah. much all Miami. Now I don't remember USC and the Rose Bowl, but I'm just saying those are just two examples. There's a few examples I can think of where you could get it lucky enough to where you have the home team playing for the national championship in their home arena. Right. Even though actually uh, Miami, Oklahoma, Oklahoma was technically the home team that year. Exactly, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It'll still be different. Like you, you won't have in those games each side is is. They're, it's mandatory that they're allotted the same amount of tickets, all that stuff. In these games, it'll be like when we host NCAA tournament games in baseball. Like you, you, know, you have to give a, a few tickets to the, to the other side, but like it's it's your show. Like it's it's a Louisville home game. I think that's going to be awesome. The Texas USC game was in the Rose Bowl. It was. That was USC playing in their home stadium, losing. Got beat. Yeah. Texas. I had no to listen to the game. podcast yet for, of yesterday's show. Trevor got a salad in Paris that he. So Trevor got a salad. <laughs> Nicoe, I don't even know what this word is, in Paris, didn't he? Also, what does Trevor think boycotting is? Because I feel like he doesn't know. <laughs> what did I say that would make you think I don't know what boycotting means? I don't know, but now I want to remember too. Like, boycotting means you just, you, you, you boycott. You don't go to it for a reason, whether it be, you know, political or religious or whatever. You, you have a reason for not wanting to do something to, to uh, stand up against whoever you're avoiding. Does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Texas. Who did that boycott? I mean, I boycott. The last time I boycott anything was Sonic on Westport Road. Okay. They're they're on a but they're that's not a boycott. They're more on probation. They've got another few months before I can go back there again. So you're still boycotting? Yeah, but they've been boycotted before too. I'm just now I'm going through all the texts from like two fifty nine three that were saying we're not going to be on the air three. Suck it, losers. <laughs> we were. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess people were upset about the, the stream too at the beginning. We were here though. We were here. We were talking. We were doing radio stuff. Just the stream. This is the podcast. Wasn't working. Texas says, "Mike, I want to apologize to Indiana for calling them cowards." That being said, anyway, any chance that we can get out of this Georgia series? We do. <laughs> should be noted, we do have a series coming up with Georgia. I'm not. I don't want out of it. I want to play them. Why not? Bring it. They'll be done by that point. They'll be on the downturn. We're going to neuter those dogs. <laughs> Texas says Trevor just cited Hawaii's embarrassing loss from 2007, but he says we'll forget TCU getting their ass kicked in an historic fashion on the biggest stage of the sport. What was the Hawaii score, though? Wasn't it similar? It was like 55 to 10. Yeah, but my point is you know it was a blowout, but you can't remember the score. But it was not the biggest blowout in the history of all bowl games. Eh, you didn't even know. We, 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 even, like, we admitted to ourselves we didn't know this was gonna be, that was still the biggest blowout until they, somebody told it to us. But we know We would now. assume there was a bigger one before. What a terrible point. But we know now, of course, like I don't have the facts in my mind. I don't know every sports fact as it happens. But we know now it's the biggest blowout in the history of all bowl games. People are not going to forget that. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you're still going to remember how big the blowout is. 
Like, oh, yeah, well, that was the biggest win, but how big was it? Was it beat about 40? Beat about 50? That, beat about... But that's not the point. My point was they'll remember that it was the biggest blowout of all time. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Is, would you? The whole question that, that started this was, would you rather miss the playoff and have your dignity or make it to the national title game but always be remembered by I everybody? Just, I don't even think that's a question. How would you? Who would pick not make the playoffs as opposed to at least getting a shot whether you get blown out or not in the time? I, think I, just, I don't think that's fans, an easy answer. I think some TCU fans would absolutely pick it right now. Well, it was a very valid question they were asking. Like they, it's, it's embarrassing. It's it may hurt you with recruiting. It's it's, it is not a it's not a nothing matter to lose by fifty eight when everybody's watching. You're there though, and everybody saw you. What? You were at least there. I don't know if that's a compelling argument. It's like if you were at the Oscars, but you bleeped your pants in front of everybody. Yeah, but, but people but people take praise in being nominated for an Oscar, an Oscar, even though they don't win. If you crapped your pants on the stage, if you pulled a, um, what was the movie with uh, Stars Born? Stars Born when he peed himself on the stage. You yeah. would not say, hey, yeah, but I was there. Yeah, but he wasn't even nominated. He okay, was just... you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if you were nominated, if you won the award and you crapped your pants on stage, fell in your crap and then started crying on stage, it would not be great for your career. People would remember that. I don't know. Will Smith's still getting movies. Once again, he slapped somebody. He didn't crap himself, fall in it, and then start crying, which is the equivalent of losing by 58 points in the biggest game of the year. That's the, what's the equivalent of losing by 30? Probably Chris Rocketing slapped. <laughs> Chris Rocketing slapped. Yes. Texas, do you think it would be the same outcome if Michigan beats TCU? Michigan relatively handled Ohio State, and Ohio State should have beaten Georgia. Maybe I'm talking myself into why we need an extended playoff. Oh, I mean, I mean, we don't know. I mean, they could have easily beat Michigan that way. You assume that Michigan would have kept it within 58 points. I mean, hell, you assume that Louisville would have kept it within 50.8 points. You assume that most teams would have kept that game within 58 points, but you don't know for sure. But no. I mean, yeah, do I think it would have been a better game if Michigan had beaten TCU? Of course. I don't think nobody would have put the spread for Georgia Michigan at minus fifty seven. I don't think anybody thought last night's game would be wouldn't be a better game than it was. Well, no, I mean it was yeah, it was they, they covered the spread by forty five and a half points. <laughs> they covered the spread every quarter. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they hit the over by themselves in that game. <laughs> I believe it, and it was a high over under for yeah. two explosive offenses. Texas, I'm convinced the reason that people in the South date their cousins is because of how the SEC schools root for one another. It is so weird. I'll never understand it. Like, when Clemson plays in national title games, I'm rooting against Clemson. I don't care if it's good for the ACC. I don't understand the whole, it just means more mentality. I'm right there with you. I've never understood it either. I'm I'm not rooting for anybody in the ACC to do anything except for lose to Louisville. My favorite was when Kentucky played Pitt. Unless they're playing Kentucky. Then I'd root for maybe an ACC school. Oh, of course. Kentucky played Pitt in a bowl game. Probably Music City. I don't remember. But they Pitt like didn't have a head coach, they didn't have any coaching staff, they had no quarterbacks, and this was before this became like a normal thing. And I remember Kentucky scored early, and they all started chanting SEC, 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 and they lost. And that was the only time where I was like, I mean, you losers, just the SEC stuff. No, nobody's Arkansas fans aren't watching with bated breath as you play Pitt at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Like this is nobody, nobody cares. Just stop, stop with this. Texas says I was listening to 50 cents. When you gangster today and imagining Jeff Brom walking down card march with Muhammad Ali boxing gloves before their first home game. Swaggy Jeff. Swaggy is how he does it. Just doing his thing. I can see him there's like a loop, big loose hoodie on. <laughs> the, 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 the oversized sweatpants kind of dripping down. Got the Timberland, light, Timberland boots on. Texas says to it's quote. Uh, sagging down, down, down a little bit, down a little bit there. Gold chain. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. That'd be awesome. 
Texas says, to quote Cousin Eddie, I ain't seen a beating like that since someone stuffed a banana down my pants and turned a monkey loose. One of my favorite lines. I use that line on a regular basis still. It's a great one. Vegas vacation. Texas says, Mike, how have you not murdered Trevor yet? He is again arguing just to argue. Trev, I love you, bud, but you have been kind of a pain in the ass lately. I'm sorry if my argu- I'm sorry if you can't be too, you're too stubborn to understand that someone's telling you a, a, re- a, a point. He's been back for two days. The whole he's been a pain in the ass lately. He's he's had two days. I mean, I'm not arguing just to argue. I'm just you're not you're you're being too stubborn to pay attention. I don't know if that's the problem. Texas, I don't think it is. See, look, look, you're too stubborn to even admit it now. <laughs> Texture says Kentucky football coach uh, Liam Cohen. Is this a UK text? Yeah, KFC text. I did see Liam Cohen's coming back. And yeah, I that saw, was that's old news though, isn't it? But they officially announced it today, and the contract details were out, and they are paying. I mean, we've talked on the show about how Stoops is the what sixth highest paid coach in college football. They now have the the, the three year deal for Liam Cohen is going to pay him one point seven mil this, this coming season, one point eight the year after that, and one point nine the year after that. Which means their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are making a combined three point one million dollars in twenty twenty three. Which means it's top three coaches, it's head coach and two two coordinators are going to make a combined thirteen million dollars next year. That's a lot for seven wins for a program like Kentucky. For it's a lot for anybody. It's a lot for you. That's a lot of money to get seven wins. They better get more than seven. I mean, I'm, okay. <clears throat> God, Liam Cohen, what what a great the guy, the guy bounced back from the NFL. Was going to get fired probably from his job anyway in the NFL because that coaching staff's going to all retire and get let go anyway. And he gets to go like go back to Kentucky and get paid a, a buttload of money. It's a weird situation. I mean, talk about falling, he, ass, falling up the stairs. The Rams win the Super Bowl. Cohen is awesome at Kentucky the same year. Cohen leaves UK. UK's offense abruptly sucks. The Rams' offense abruptly sucks. And he's like, all right, I guess I'm a college guy. <laughs> I guess this is who I am. It's a pretty quick answer. I mean, he didn't a, like I said, he didn't have a choice. McVay's going to retire and the whole stats will get wiped out. That's so. kind of what the, that's the rumor. Yeah. Texas, hey guys, can you refresh my memory about who was the first number one seed to lose to a number sixteen? I'm sure no one remembers that, right, Trevor? It's happened one time, and of course everybody knows it's Virginia. Who was the first two seed to lose? Uh, was it Georgetown? No. Who was the oh, first? look at that! What? Well, yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit different. I mean, I mean, it was it was a top, it was it was the only it was the highest seed to lose until until just the sixteen finally beat the one. Right, but like several two seeds have lost. There have been several. Do you remember who the first one was? It was in nineteen ninety, by the way. Well, I just guess. I don't know. It was Syracuse. Syracuse. Who they lose to? Richmond. Spiders. Texas asking if you would rather. I can't read this. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can't read it. Uh, would you rather? That's a scary thought. Texas, regarding the boycotting discussion yesterday, Trevor said that if he lost his fantasy championship because of the game cancellation, he would be outside the commissioner's house boycotting when the correct term is protesting. Okay. Oh, is that what I said? That's what it was. That, that's the answer there. Oh, I'm boycotting, protesting, throwing throwing fruit at the front door. I'm doing everything. I'd be, oh, I'd be so, li- I don't know how you're so timid about that. I'd be so angry. I mean, it's not a timid thing. What, what You can't change it. Well, yeah, you can. You can make the... You, how? Speak up! You could have had you could have done something where you had to replayed the scores or did something with this week's week eighteen games. The guy almost died. I, I'm fine with it. It's not a, it's not a big deal. It's fantasy football. Texas says some of us have less than life. I just go to the going form than you do. Texas, I thought I heard Payne's radio show last night driving. Yeah, it was on. I I think it was Josh Jamison that was on. That's what I was told, but could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Texas says how many football scholarships does UVL have left open? How many more transfers or recruits can we expect? I believe now. 
with the commit that we're going to talk about here in a second. I believe Louisville has seven spots open. Um, it was it was eight last Friday. They gave two to the, the, the transfers that came in. I guess Jamari Johnson's getting one, so that would take it down to, to five. But then they lost D. Wiggins. So I guess it's five or six now. D. Wiggins, by the way, announced today that he is transferring to Cincinnati. He'll be following Scott Satterfield and company up there. <laughs> the only person that would probably take him. That's not true. Really? Where was was, was, was there other options? He would have gotten – he was played at Miami and played at Louisville. Like, uh-huh. Everybody's offering kids now. He would have had other offers. Uh, I think he did have other offers. But he went to Cincinnati. He's following that staff up there. Good for him. Um, I think we have five or six left. We've still got room. We can add a couple of offensive linemen. We can go get a playmaker if he becomes available. Jeff can still do some Jeff stuff. We still got time. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll make room. Texas says we talked about this yesterday. What do you all think about IU requesting to cancel the series versus Louisville in football? I think they're uh, cowards. Cowards, yeah. cowards. Texas says um, asking if you would rather not make the playoff instead of getting blown out in the championship is not a valid sports question. I think it is. I don't think it is. I think it's. I think it's obvious you'd rather make the title. You want to be in the championship game regardless of the result. TCU fans disagree no. today. TCU fans are. Texas, the Rose Bowl is UCLA's home stadium, not USC's. You say UCUSC plays at the Coliseum. I guess technically you're right. Yeah, you're right. My bad. Texas, how different? It's both in Southern. It's both in LA. Like, aren't they like 10 miles apart? Yeah, I think less than that. Yeah. Texas, how different is the college landscape if we beat Rutgers in 06? It feels like Florida winning uh, took down the Big Ten run and started the new SEC dominance. I mean. It kicked off that streak, didn't it? Where they won seven straight? The what the Florida winning it? The 06 title where they hammered Ohio State. It may have it may have started before that because 05 was 05. Yeah, 05. Yeah, that was seven straight. Yeah, that was first of seven straight. If we did win that, I mean, who knows how we would have fared against Ohio State? But it would have kept you SC out of the title game. Although I still maintain to this day they would have found a way to screw us. I I don't think they. Oh, probably. I don't think they would have lost in the title game. Even though we deserve to be there more in Florida, we probably deserve to be more in Florida even with our one loss. Be honest with you. I like that. I mean, but Florida, I think, was undefeated. If not mistaken, right? No, Florida had the one loss too, because Tim Tebow would never went undefeated. Yeah, they, they were not. Undefeated. You know, Ohio State was the only undefeated team because Ohio State, and Michigan were undefeated yeah. going into the last game, and they were one and two, and they were the only two I think left. No. Texas says Trevor, that sir was a lie. You absolutely argue just to argue. It's part of your dubious charm. <laughs> Doobie. <laughs> Texas put it this way: Would you rather go to prom with a kind of cute girl? Or get hung by your underpants from the flagpole while your crush makes out with the guy who did it. That's the difference between winning the Sugar Bowl and what happened last night. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> did, so you went to the prom with the cute girl, but she made out with some dude while you No, got... <laughs> the, the scenario one is she, you go to the, the prom with the kind of cute girl. Okay. Scenario two is you go with, like, the dream girl. All but, right. But you are hanging from your underpants by the flagpole <laughs> and watching as she makes out with the, the guy who did it to you. So assuming the... Scenario B is the what T, what happened at TC, right? That's losing by fifty eight, correct? <laughs> okay. Do you still did you get anything before that he got hung up on the flagpole? <laughs> you got to like hold hands with her briefly as you walked in. Uh, that's the touchdown. <laughs> that's the touchdown. I think a touchdown could at least be a second base. No, because it was already ten nothing. <laughs> you were already behind. It was bad. Oh man, <laughs> Texas. I'm sure since he remembers us beating them seventy to seven, I would think so. Texas says, um, what is this? Oh, somebody said an idiot. Never good when you have to like pre read it quietly. Well, people just send links to tweets and I have to click on this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vince Marrow tweeted out last night that SEC is a grown man league, lots of NFL players and good coaches, but he spelled grown G R O A N. 
Hey, it's, I, I it's love grown the, men and great players. Education, secondary. I can't help it. I love the big dog. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I never want the text, the, the tweets to stop. It does annoy me. You're, I mean, I know, and I know this is not something new, but it, it has always annoyed me. The schools with Kentucky fans are just like, it's SEC. We, yay, we won. We won a championship. Shut up. I know. It, it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's silly. Uh, Texter says, what are your thoughts on Bobby P being hired and Jimbo about to be his OC? I, I wasn't here for this last week. This is one of the many, many wacky things that happened in the week I'm gone. It was. He spent, Petrino spent too much time in Vegas, which happens to the best of us. He was there for like 21 days, I he think. He was there for three weeks, exactly. Weeks, and was yeah. like, you know, look, veteran move. No no trip in Vegas is too short. I'm done here. I mean, for what it's worth, if anybody's ever been to Vegas, three weeks is about your limit anyway, right? I mean, I'd say like two days is, is your limit. What's the longest year spent in Vegas? Four days. Well, mine's, I was ready to kill myself. Mine's a week, week and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I was there for. A, I couldn't have spent another minute there. It was, was, was NCAA tournament first weekend. Yeah, I was pretty. I was pretty strapped for cash by the end of that week, though. <laughs> My buddy had to call his girlfriend and have her best Western money. Just, he was like, "Can you send me money so I get some food?" And I swear, the first thing he did once he left that with that from that best Western place went right to the craps table. Did your buddy and this girl go the distance? Are they married? Yeah, they are actually now. Oh my god, I was expecting actually, that to be no. a hard no. No, they're actually married now. Yeah, two kids. God, what a woman. That's what I men say. Best westerning in money <laughs> in Vegas. This was back in two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, four o'clock hour, we'll dive into this Tim Sullivan stuff. Well, also, you have not fully ranted on Petrino joining the staff, so we'll do that. I think people are eager to hear your take because you hate Jimbo and the Bobby staff's going to be a <laughs> I don't disaster. Hate Jimbo. I just think he's evil, oh, evil, evil personified. You hate Jimbo. <laughs> uh, and then we'll hear from you again after the Sullivan talk at 502-414-1450. Keep it locked right here. Rutherford Show rolls on next here on The Big X. Thank you for being a friend. Travel All 90s theme shows, theme songs. Not about. 90s. What do you think? Gone Girls was in the 90s? Oh, good call. I couldn't remember, <laughs> what, I couldn't remember what it was last you time. Think the, the, the first song I played was from the Goldbergs, and that was in the 90s? Was the, I had no idea what that was. That's, that's, that's the, from that show, the Goldbergs. This is Home Improvement. Yeah. I always thought the, the, the wife was hot in the show. Patricia Richardson. Yeah, I'll hit you for that. Yeah. Is there any sort of tie-in, or are these just TV, TV theme themes? Songs? Okay, I like that. Mixing it up a little and bit. I, and I've kind of got, I think I've got 80s, 90s, and 2000s all covered. And today? Yeah. 80s, 90s, and today. We talked about that last week with Gary. Radio stations still use that tagline. Today is like three decades long when you say, like, the best from the 80s, the 90s, and today. I'm like, well, it's been, it's been 20 a years. solid 22 years since the 90s ended. So we're, well, uh, say, saying the music from the 90s, the 2000s, and 2010s, and today, that doesn't have the same ring That's to what it. I'm saying. Like, yeah, it just doesn't sound right. The early aughts. <laughs> the early the aughts. best of the aughts. The 10s. <laughs> and I still, because, like, we... We've like we have, we know what happened in the twenties, the thirties, and the forties, and we still in our minds because we learned that in school. Think about those being the nineteen twenty. Like when I say the twenties, I still think Roaring Twenties. And if you're taking the best movie from the twenties, I'm thinking you know 
people doing the Charleston. Yeah, I'm thinking up. prohibition and, exactly. and speakeasies. Yeah, and, it's, and yeah. It's going to take a while to get over that, if ever. I 30s, know. I think depression. 40s, you think World War II? Yeah. 50s, I think uh, greasers. Yeah. I think 60s, I think hippies. Hippies. 70s, I think of Days the Confused. I think I was just disco. <laughs> yeah, disco. Some 80s, I think big hair and cocaine. And the, 80s music just speaks for itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. you have to include cocaine in there. Otherwise, the music doesn't. You, know, you, you have to explain why people were listening to the music they were listening to. Uh, I, I saw this before we came on the air today. and I, I put it on the news and notes post. And I let me preface this. Every UK fan or rival fan listening who's going to lose their minds. I recognize that these rankings are going to change. I recognize that it's very early. But... The on three early 2024 college football recruiting rankings, they posted them for the first time today. What's up there, aren't they? The top five. Oh, Lord. Here we number go, one's man. Alabama. No oh, surprise. Shock. Yeah. Number two's Georgia. No shock, surprise. Number yeah. three's Ohio State. I mean, number four is Notre Dame. It seems like Notre Dame's always up there, too, and it does, it's irrelevantly. Number five not. is Louisville. Bam, baby. That's what we call the Braum effect. Hashtag Braum effect. Hashtag Swaggy Jeff. The rest of the top ten, Florida, Florida State, LSU, Michigan State, and Oregon. So oh, you mean all those schools behind Louisville? So it's not like there's a, another, quote-unquote, not big name up there in the top ten. And again, I know that it's going to change. I know that we're going to— Oh, yeah, to, we're going to go up above Notre Dame at one point. We're, we're going to pass Notre Dame and get up to top four. <laughs> we may not get past Georgia or Bama, but we'll be right there. Yeah, we'll be we're off state. We're not top. We're not getting past top three. It's That's just cool it. to see the visual. It's just, it's just cool to see, like, right there, top five, the left side, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Louisville. And you don't think that the coaches don't don't use that when they're talking to recruits right now? I would. I mean, you don't think that 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 picture is being sent out to, to hundreds of recruits right now as we speak? If we're good enough for TJ Capers, why can't we be good enough for you? Yeah, that's what I say. Remember, number top five recruiting class. I say I'm Jeff Bleeping Brom. <laughs> I'm taking whoever I want. Uh, let's talk about the Tim Sullivan stuff. I've not read the article, but I've seen the headline. That's more than enough to have a discussion here. I'm, <laughs> that's more than that. I feel like I read the, I saw the headline. Because here's what's going to happen. And I figured that's all I need to know about uh, what the article says. It's not. Okay. I'm going to walk you through this. I'll feed you, baby bird. We're, we're, we're going to get through this together. <laughs> so yesterday, the, the first one that broke yesterday, and we kind of we talked about this on the fly because somebody pointed this out on the text line, and I hadn't seen it, so I'm reading the coaches. I was surprised after reading the entire thing that they focused on the first half of Sullivan's report. Also, let's let's say this: because Sullivan got let over the Courier Journal, mm-hmm. they posted all these Freedom of Information Act requests to try to get these these transcripts from the NCAA. They spent all this money at the Courier Journal. They finally get them, and Sullivan's like, "No, these are mine. <laughs> Screw the CJ. I'm taking these bad boys. I'm writing these story. Who wants to pay me for these?" And Leo Weekly's like, "Hell yeah, let's do it." Some Sullivan's gangster. He is. <laughs> so he's that California blood in him. They focused on. The Kenny Johnson part of the equation, which was Patino. Again, this was a 2021 interview with the NCAA just a year and a half ago or so. And they focused on the fact that he said Kenny Johnson is a pathological liar who can't believe anything he says. He ruined my life. Uh, all that stuff, which is juicy for sure. He, he also he mentioned Patino hates more him or uh, a pal or not pal, but uh, what? No, what was what, what's how already forgot the Patino's girl name. Oh, Karen Cipher. Karen Cipher, yeah. Who do you think he's more, Kenny Johnson or Karen Cipher? I, I mean, think, I think he hates Andre McGee more than all. Because I mean, Kenny Johnson ruined his life. What did Karen Cipher do? <laughs> I straight up, when we one of the first radio shows that interviews that he did after this whole the thing broke, the the Katina Powell stuff, was with us on 93.9. 
And I asked him like straight up, like, do you think you'll ever get to a point where you can forgive Andre McGee? And I was fully expecting him to be like, at some point in time, I think yes. And or if I, and he just straight up was like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> just, just right away was like. That's the kind of honesty we miss in an interview like, with a coach. He's like, probably not. I'll be honest with you. He's like, maybe I can't tell you how I'm going to feel 10 years from now, but I'm pretty pissed. Um, but he talked about how he, he did forgive Jordan Fair because Jordan Fair asked him for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. The... I did like the, I don't think Kenny Johnson gives a bleep what he did to me and my family, which was great. I was going to say, I wonder if Kenny Johnson even tried to apologize. I don't think so. I would assume not by the anger that's in Patino's voice, or at least in these statements. And the weird thing is, the the the, the NCAA report, it didn't exonerate Kenny uh, Kenny Johnson. He got a two-year show cause penalty, which still, I love that Rhode Island's like, based on the language that we use, because their, their rules say if you have a show cause penalty, you cannot coach. And their rules, they basically were like, we looked at it and said it just means that he can't recruit during this small period, but he can do everything else that an assistant coach can do. Sure, uh, whatever. But it's interesting that he's this hard on Kenny Johnson in 2021. I'm assuming that he thought that Johnson was going to just get hammered by this, that maybe that, that revelations were going to come out, that he did know more than he did, that maybe he did pray Brian Bowen Sr., and that none of that really transpired. The only thing that he clearly did was he – instructed a, a subordinate to take away the fact that Christian Dawkins had vid- visited the, the, the keeper center, take it off the, the record, take it off the log and didn't tell anybody about it. And then also found out that the Bowens were, had moved into the gold house and did not report that to compliance, uh, which was a, a big no, no. So he's, he, he gets the two year show cause for that. But the more I think interesting part of this whole deal is when he talks about, the stuff that preceded the FBI indictment in 2017. He says, Tim Sullivan does, five months before the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York revealed the irregularities behind Bowen's recruitment, Papa John Schneider Schnatter, expressed ominous concerns about the direction of the athletic department, and then Governor Matt Bevan replaced a, fr- a board that was friendly to Patino and Tom Jurich with another that was chaired by Stern, David Grissom, and populated by several members who were seen as more loyal to the University of Kentucky. And Grissom quickly starts talking about how he wants Patino out, how he should have been fired a long time ago. He says, let's start with Coach Patino fornicating on the table, which just makes it sound even worse than it was. Which, that, that sounds like something Bevins would want him fired for. In my world, that would have been reason to have him dismissed the next morning, and that wasn't done. And Patino, this to me is the most, is the craziest part about the, 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 the most notable thing about the report. He says, this is a Patino quote to the NCAA in this interview. Jurch comes in to see me three weeks prior and says, look, they just came to me and said, if I fire you, my job's okay. I told him, fire me for what? He goes on and on. He says, I'm not doing it. Another week goes by and he comes in and says the same thing. I said, Tom, look, you have a family. If they're going to fire me, pay me. Let me go to another school if they don't want me here. But do not under any circumstances jeopardize your job because if they're going to fire me, they're going to fire me. A few weeks later, the NCAA, the FBI stuff breaks. Patino gets fired the next day. It's notable to me because this was an immediate storyline right after the FBI stuff broke. That, And I guess right after Tom Jurich was let go, immediately following Patino being let go, it spread like wildfire somehow. I don't know who started it, what media member was saying this, that the UFL folks, the powers that be, went to Tom Jurich and they said, you need to fire Rick Patino. And if you don't, you're fired. And Tom said, I'm not going to do it. Both of them get axed. 
Jurch denied that story. Jurch came out multiple times in the months that, that followed that and said, no, it, it, nobody ever came to me and said, you got to fire Rick or you're fired. That wasn't the way that it played out. This is Patino coming out and saying, that's exactly what Tom told me what the situation was. That they said, if you fire Rick, you can stay here and be the AD. If you don't, you're going to go. And they both wind up getting fired. I, I, I've had kind of like joking conversations with people who know Rick really well about like, you know, you know, they're like, he still loves Louisville. He still, like, he hates the way that it ended. He'd love to come back here at some point if it were at all possible. And I'm like, really? Like, would that be like, oh yeah, they'd have to hire George back. Like that's the only way that it would possibly <laughs> happen, which is not going to happen here. But that's, I think that's how deeply he felt that like, whether it was true or not, Patino's understanding was that Tom knew he was going to be fired if he didn't fire Rick and still wouldn't do it. And they went out together. They always said that they were going to go out together. I'm sure they didn't think that it was going to be under, under these circumstances. No one did. But this is the first definitive piece of evidence that we, we that kind of corroborates that story that was out there that George originally shot down. And it's like you can feel whether it was the right thing to do. You can feel it was the wrong thing to do. Any way you read it, it's just it, it's sad the way that it all played out for sure. I mean, I don't blame George for not wanting. I mean, you, you don't have to. You can deny that. I mean. It's like bragging about doing something. You don't have to do that. Just sure. be modest about it. Like I, I don't blame him for being like, no, I didn't say yeah. that, even though it was true. Because that's just that's, that's just like you're just like looking for praise for being like for for backing up your buddy. And yeah, you, uh, yeah, I, I could have held on. To my yeah, I could have, but you know, yeah, you know, exactly. no one likes that. It's just yeah, exactly. that's a that's a DB move to do, kind of. Now he asked the last quote that's notable in this original Tim Sullivan story is from Patino, again to the NCA investigators. He said, "All this has taken a toll way beyond." the 2013 championship being let go to people you love like Andre McGee and the disappointment to the trust you had in your assistant coaches to the hurt that it's put on your family. But the good thing is I became the national coach of Greece. I almost made the Olympics. I upset the Turks, which was great for a great thing for the Greeks and ended up in a small Catholic school, which is awesome. So it's a good ending, but it's been a terrible four years. And he could have upset the Turks here somehow. We could have beaten Turkey. We could have beaten Turkey. I think that because that's all I needed, we could have, we could have scheduled that. <laughs> Patino said multiple times in the in recent years that he you kind of didn't believe him when he said it, but he said, "I understand that Louisville needed to fire me. I understand the optics of the whole situation. I get you know zero tolerance and all that stuff. I understand it. I think that now that he's been, in, to use his words, exonerated by the NCAA, I think he's kind of like to hell with that. Like I shouldn't have been fired. I could have." He's going back to 2017 Patino when he immediately got fired, when he was like, if they just held on to me, I could have worked this out. We could have made this thing work. We were going to have a great team. Recruiting was rolling. This could have been salvageable. And that's why I think at the end of the day, like I am, I bet a hefty amount of money he's going to a power program after this year. I think, I, I'm with you. I think he's there. Yeah. I think he's sick of being in a one-bid conference. And I think he feels like he has one last chance at a big-time redemption story one last chance to go out the way that he just he thinks he deserves to go out, which is by competing for national titles at one of the bigger programs in the country. I think that he would have stayed at Louisville for the remainder of his career. I think he wanted to chase one more title. And I mean, if it hadn't have been something uh, a rule violation on top of the probation of the other of the of the the pal stuff, then then maybe he could. I mean, you just can't you can't do that. I mean, had I'm to, with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm with you. But I'm I'm telling the story through his eyes. I know. I, know. I think now he's like, you know, what? I told you guys. It all came out. I did nothing wrong. The NCA said so. The IRP said so. 
other people got in trouble. I didn't. Let me do my thing now. Let me restore my good name. Go out on top. I'm already a Hall of Famer. I know that the, the 2013 stuff is going to stay with me. I know that people are going to talk about it. And the only real way to not have that be my lasting image as a big-time head coach is to go to another big-time program and win at the highest level possible. And I think he's going to try to do that over the next 10 years. I, think he, he, I mean, hell, I'm not going to put it past him. He's no, I, I, awfully I, good. I would not be surprised if Patino is not the head coach of a team making a run at the Final Four within the next five to 10 years. I think it's probably a decent bet. Now, the, the second story that came out today, Tim Sullivan writes about the Gaudio audio. The premise of his his piece, it's framed, again, the, the headline kind of, it doesn't tell the whole story about what the, the report says. Where's the headline? That if Chris Mack didn't record Dino Gaudio's extortionate rant, would he still be coaching UofL? That's all I needed. I didn't need to read the article. That tells, that tells me the, the question to be asked right there. Well, that's why I don't think the headline's great, because I don't think that's really what the, the report's about. It's part well, of it. <laughs> but it's it's not the most explosive part of it to me. So... There's some stuff in here that that I, I I didn't know. I mean, he he brings up Jeff Walls. Apparently, Christine Herring, who used to be U of L senior women's administrator, briefly she was seen as the potential replacement for uh, for Tom Jurich as AD. Uh, she's since been fired at U of L, but she saw grad assistants conducting offseason workouts with men's basketball players, and she talked to Jeff Walls about it, and she when she talked to the NCAA, said that Walls responded to her by saying, you better tell them that they better be careful. And Walls talks to the NCAA, and he's like, that didn't happen. If she said something like that to me, I probably would have said, like, I, I don't know. He's like, I saw people practicing with them, but I don't know who it is. They've got, like, a million walk-ons. They've got a million staff members. I don't know what's going on over there. It's not a big deal. And that's not overly interesting. But but Chris Mack, the quotes from him, I think, are interesting he talks about how he should go to compliance. And this is the first confirmation. The story that, that, that got out there, again, this is kind of in the same vein as the church thing. It's a story that was out there, but we didn't have hard evidence supporting it. That Mac turned over that recording to the FBI after the, the Gaudio conversation, but that it wasn't the full recording initially. And this story from Tim Sullivan confirms that. So Chris Mack is telling the story again to the NCA, and he says, when I announce, when I tell Dino that he's going to be fired, he, quote, lost his mind. You know, he became insane, crazy. His eyes bugged out, and he said, you stay right there, you stay right there. And he stormed out of my office. And he was probably gone two or three minutes, and in that time, I just knew something was going to happen by his look. So I grabbed my phone and figured out, you know, how to tape record. Mac. He didn't know how to do it beforehand. Apparently not. <laughs> that would have that been like me. I'm like, I can't get the he, damn recording to work. Can you Google this real quick? <laughs> I would have had, yeah, I would have been like, just video. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But Mac told Gaudio in the recording, we've heard this now, that he would pay him out of his own pocket while asking him, like, you know, hey, don't say this. Don't go pro. Don't go public with this all. And Mac, when he initially gives the, the recording over to the FBI, he deletes the parts where he says, yeah. I'll pay for this for you. Also, please don't tell people about this. Don't go. And here's how Mac. I hope he would. Well, you don't because the FBI is. Way... Chris Mac, in one breath, is saying, I'm not sure how to record on my phone. And <laughs> in the next is editing said recording. So you can guess that the editing may not have been crystal clear. It may not have been a sparkling, perfect job. So Mac says this. I felt like I was, you know, a baby. And I don't, I didn't like the way that I sounded. 
I don't want people to think, you know, that I was implicating myself. I had no intention of paying Dino, but I didn't know what the law was, and I was nervous. I had never been in that type of situation before, and I handled it, you know, very poorly. So the best part is, is he's, he knows he's recording. Why would you say it if you know you're recording? He's not great at this. this I mean, that's just not very, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just not a very bright thing to do. Like, that's something you say, like, edit it out, post, like, not realizing you, you were recorded. But you know you're recording, so why say something? It all goes back to when you fire somebody, you have to have an HR person in the room for a reason. Oh, yeah. To avoid, hey, the thought of, hey, this guy is threatening me. Maybe I should record this and then alter the audio before giving it over to the bleeping FBI <laughs> in a case that you know is going to move forward. So the, the NCAA investigator says, Towards the end of it, you also asked him, there's this back and forth of whether you would pay him the money, but you do ask him, what assurances do I have? To me, that sounds like you're saying, hey, if I give you the money, what assurances do I have that you're not going to report this? Mac responds with not the best answer in the world. He says, it's not the reporting. It's just being, uh, you know, a guy that doesn't talk bad about our program, you know? And now, again... Rules have so much, you know, <laughs> dark cloud history that, you know, we've really tried to do things the right way. And, you know, we didn't need any more backward steps, you know. So what assurance did I have that you're not going to, you know, come out of here and say, you know, Louisville doesn't know what they're doing. They're letting me go. And that still happened. You know. It's. We shouldn't have made him fire the assistants. First of all, that's that's the first thing. This went as badly as it. Second thing was that whole statement. I couldn't get past the you know. It's like I lost in there, but hearing all the you know. It's the problem with transcripts. They're, they're going to report it. They're going to write it it's, down exactly. Like there's got to be something in there I'm supposed to pay attention to, but I got confused and just distracted by the you know, you know. The other thing is you now. I think because the, the report says that when this story broke when the story was about to break, after it happened, after Mac recorded the audio and went to the police, there was like a a meeting at the home of Vince Tyree at, at his house. Josh Hurd was there. Uh, Amy Shoemaker was there. John Carnes was there. And, and Chris Mack was there. And they were trying to figure out, basically, like, Chris Mack was not there, I should say. The, the, pow- the, the brass was trying to figure out what to do about this, like how to discipline Chris Mack. And I think you can kind of see now why Neely Bendapudi, if that if it was her role, wanted the harsher punishment because it wasn't just him. The, the public story was he didn't have an HR person in the room when he fired Dino Gaudio, and that was the big issue. The real story is the man recorded this and then edited parts of it, tried to withhold those parts from the FBI, and the parts that he was withholding did not make him or the university look very good. So mm, that, far from it. That's the bigger story here. And I think you can also see why Chris Mack was like, to hell with this. Like, I, I, I don't – he clearly was checked out last season – and now it's becoming yeah. more and more clear why. He felt like he was under this gigantic microscope. He did slip up. It was his fault. He handled it extremely poorly. He thought he was doing the right thing. He very obviously wasn't. And I think he saw the writing on the wall at that point. Like, there's no way I can thrive here. There's no way I can be successful here. This is way more than I thought I was getting myself into. And his heart wasn't in it anymore. And that's why you have a season where everybody's fighting. The team's winning 13 games. This is one to accept that he's not good enough to beat UofL. If... Man, if that team had just made the NCAA tournament, if they just like come on the twenty-one team, yes, I feel like everything would be different. Like I feel like there are so many ifs. If they make the NCAA tournament, if they don't tell him he has to fire the coaches, 
if all that happens and he still just chooses not to. I mean, the fact that they didn't even make the tournament, they shouldn't have still told him they had to fire the coaches. That's I, I'm never I a agree big. With you. I'm never a big fan of the AD coming in and, and, and micromanaging a coach, head coaching and his staff. It seemed like an overreaction. It seemed like somebody who was trying to be like, "This is Louisville for for God's sake," which we say on a daily basis now. But again, we're not talking about being the first team left out of the NCAA tournament. We're talking about being 346th in the net. Again, that leads to me to believe that Vince Tyree was the the pebble that started this whole thing. It just feels Another like reason to hate him. everything in this entire situation was handled so poorly. Yeah. And if any one of those things goes the different way, goes the, goes the opposite way, or just isn't done, I feel like Chris Mack is still your, your head coach today, for better or worse. Like, who's to say that it would be a bad thing? Maybe Chris Mack flourishes if they don't have to fire the assistants that made the end. I mean, who's to say if we make that 2021 NCAA tournament, we take UCLA spot, maybe we go to the Final Four. Maybe the whole trajectory of the program is different. We get off from the IRP, we're scot-free, we're rolling, instead we're here. Or maybe we're even worse. Maybe Mac is, is maybe Mac's 1-15 right now with the same types of players that Kenny Payne has. You just, you just don't know. But it's hard to say, after reading all this stuff, knowing what we know now, that it was a ridiculous sequence of events that led to Chris Mack not even making it through his fourth season here after being number one in the country in his second year and seeming like he had things going in a, in a solid direction early on. Things change quickly. Things change very quickly, especially when you don't make the NCAA tournament here. <laughs> or go 2-14 and 14 here. But it's just it props to Tim Sullivan. I mean, is Hurd going to force assistant coaches out from this team if we go to – with the season's going? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think he's gonna. You gotta fire Danny Manning. Yeah, it's all Jameson's fault. If he, if he's like, you gotta fire. We one. we we get rid of Jameson. We have like five more wins, Kenny. Imagine he tells me you gotta fire one assistant. Everybody's like, well, it's been real, Josh. <laughs> Josh is like, I guess I guess that means me, the one guy that people don't know out there. He just goes back to Oregon. No one realizes he was gone. It wasn't gonna. It was gonna be Danny. It wasn't even gonna be you. He's like, well, I volunteer as tribute. Um, but if you've got thoughts on the Tim Sullivan stories, hit us up 502-414-1450. It's the Thornton sex line. We'll take those thoughts in, in just a second. But to me, it's obvious why they led with the Rick Pitino story. More juicy information. I think the, the, the Jurich angle is very, very intriguing there. The, the earlier part is the NCAA sucks. Like it, it's, we've known this. <laughs> the whole situation is ridiculous. Uh, Kenny Johnson – Maybe not a great hire in hindsight. Maybe not a great guy, but he's he's working clean at Rhode. I love how the fact like a little bit like Patino like feels like he's been exonerated. Like everyone was exonerated technically. This somebody just gave up and quit like trying to punish. Well, him. Johnson did get a show calls. Uh, yeah, and I Jordan guess. Fair got a show calls. And I guess Chuck Person went to jail. People did go to jail. <laughs> Chuck Person and the guy from USC went to jail. I think. I mean, the Christian Dawkins went to jail. Like the Adidas people all went to jail. Yeah, they all got out by the time the uh, the NCAA came with their. They've been out like three years. I know. I mean, keep in mind, like we've got our ruling. There's three programs that still don't even have their rulings, and they're not coming anytime <laughs> the soon. Kansas and who else am I forgetting? LSU. LSU and Arizona, right? Arizona just got theirs, right? Did they get theirs? I didn't notice. I think they got that because they got basically because Sean Miller got nothing. By the way, Sean Miller coming out. Who's on audio tape. Who's on audio tape. Allegedly. They don't. They never got the tape. Well, okay. My bad. Some reporters did. Did Chris Mack edit him too much? Probably. <laughs> but Sean Miller comes out of it. Like, again, allegedly being. There were reports that Arizona was going to fire him that day when that Mark Slaybaugh report came out. And here he is. He eventually does get let go by Arizona. He's leading a Xavier team that's awesome in his first year back. Like, he's crushing it. He's yeah, great. Yeah. And now people are saying he may be the next coach of Kentucky. Like, this could wind up being. The all-time comeback story, 
and probably completely undeserved. Like, he probably, knowing what we now know about what was going on in Arizona, there's no reason why Sean Miller should be squeaky clean in all this, but he is. But you really can't cheat anymore right now with Neil. You can, but. I mean, you can, but it's so hard to get caught. I mean, it's kind of hard to cheat now, right? Even if you get caught, everybody's going to have the same take, which is, well, this is mostly legal anyway. You're just cutting a few corners. like Because nobody knows what's illegal and what's not. Yeah, I, I was going to say, what are the corners to cut? I mean. I think that will change in a few years. The, either the NCAA is going to have to step up or the schools t- together are going to collectively come out and create some form of bylaws that are going to probably eliminate these collectives. So I, all, I think every collective knows that they're trying to help while they can. They're probably not going to be around. Or they're, they're going to be around, but they're going to be parts of the university in two or three years. I mean, but for right now, it's it's the Wild West. I mean, the only the only cheating, I guess, currently going on is tampering with a guy who has his name in the portal, right? And Like the Jordan Jordan Addison thing. Tyler Rowe. Yeah, or, the, or uh, even... Um, and even that, people are just like, yeah, it's probably... Drake May, you know what I mean? People are just like, prove it. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's the, that's like the only thing. That's the only way you can cheat now is to like basically... Talk to somebody who hasn't put their name in a portal. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, you can't it's a different cause, situation. Because offering a money isn't cheating anymore. Giving a money isn't cheating anymore. Well, I mean, it, technically it is, but there are clear ways around it. Yeah. Let's take a, a single break here. When we come back, we'll get your thoughts on the Thornton sex line. Tim Sullivan back in full force after a month away, doing what he does, breaking stories, setting the city on fire. What are your thoughts? Hit us up at 502 414 1450. We'll come right back. We'll read those. Here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Is getting tight. I'm sitting here in traffic on the Queensboro Bridge tonight. But I don't care because all I want to do is cash my check and drive right home to you. Because maybe all my life I will be driving home to the, there's a video that was viral a few years ago. This doesn't get enough credit, by the way, sometimes. I could not agree more. It's fantastic. I, 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 you asked my question, I got one for it's you. It's not a question. It's a story. All it's, right. there's, there was a viral video. I, I want to find it during the break where it's a guy who's re- he's like calling his girlfriend. He's like, baby, I wrote you a poem. And it's him lovingly reading the words to the King and Queen thing. <laughs> he's like, because all my life, I will be driving home to you. And she's like, oh. <laughs> That was a Goldberg episode where the, the dad did the lyrics for like growing pains with the mom and she didn't realize it. Yeah, it's, it's the exact same thing. She's like, I'm stuck on the Queensbird Boulevard tonight. <laughs> it's a great show. It was, it was a show I didn't watch when it was first out. I saw it in reruns and I've enjoyed it. Same. I mean, it also just, I mean, you get the, the hot girl with the big chubby guy. I mean, come on. I mean, it, that doesn't give us fat people hope. I mean, what doesn't? What is the appeal? Yeah. Him. He's, he's living the dream. But the uh, the best part about the show is a little interesting. In fact, this was the last 90s show uh, before it got canceled. Like, it's, it started in the 90s and went into the 2000s. Really? Yeah. I'm assuming, like, with... Because cartoons don't count. No, well, Simpsons yeah. and stuff like that. No, 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 no. Uh, live action, I guess you would say. Gotcha. Yeah. And sitcoms and, and live action sitcoms, yeah. Right, it be. started in, what, like, 98, I want to say? Good and went, Kevin and went to, like, 2005 or something like that. I, I just... I checked my email during the break, and I got mad at you yesterday for bringing up the Prince Harry stuff because I am just 
As someone <laughs> who's married to a woman who's obsessed with the royal family. Like, I feel like I should come over and like, talk to Mary for an hour or no, something. No, I'm so, like, I hear about it everywhere I go. And my email, like, I, I don't know how I ever got subscribed to the people news emails that come out. But it's just like every one of these emails that I get now is something about Prince Harry. And it's gone too far now because the one I just saw that just came in my inbox. Prince Harry shares his and Meghan Markle's go-to In-N-Out burger order. It's one thing if you're telling the story about him getting his ass kicked by William. That's kind of interesting. I don't care at all what Prince Harry's In-N-Out burger order is. Well, man, I'm kind what of are we cu- doing here? I'm a little curious. What did they order? And then the, the subheadline is, so good. Why are they eating an In-N-Out burger to begin with? They're just like you and me, Trev. Yeah, but go, like, go to Fat Burger or something. Those are better. Their last year, Megan shared that Harry's favorite fast food restaurant is In-N-Out Burger, which they frequent when they commute to Los Angeles from. No, they don't. Stop, stop lying. In-N-Out Burger. Stop I'm, just lying to us. I've never seen an In-N-Out Burger that doesn't have a half an hour line on it. Like I've, ne- I've never seen one that doesn't have fifty cars and in, 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 in waiting in line. I ordered two double doubles, animal style, fries and a Coke! Exclamation point. Now that's just for me. Stop <laughs> the exclamation points. Just make me want to kill them. They're royalty. Just they're people just like us. And I'm usually Team Harry. I'm usually I'm a, I'm a Harry guy. I enjoy Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but he's getting on my nerves. Stop with this. We, you got a book coming out. Cool. Stop promoting it. I'm, I'm sick of hearing about it. I still don't get why he's what, – what, what, what led this? Is it all because he married the, the American girl? Is that, why, is that why they all hate him now? Apparently. Or is it just because he's clearly not like – I mean, it's obvious that, you know, Diane was you know, stepping out because he looks nothing like anyone else. He's got the red hair and everything. Not that Prince Charles has any, any, any room to talk on that matter. Yeah, I mean, he's banging everybody in London. <laughs> also, I know you love these emails. The emails from the uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection. They've seized this time 5,000 earrings worth $1.3 million. Are they gold earrings? Well, they're, they're counterfeit. That's why they seized them. Well, 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 I mean, let it go. Well, who cares? It's earrings. China keeps shipping stuff over here, and the CBP just keeps saying, uh-uh, just swatting it back like my tumbo. <laughs> they were coming to Maryland. They are heading to Maryland. We said no. They would have been worth a total of $1.37 million had they been genuine. Not happening. Wait a minute. They were worth $1.73 if they were genuine? Yeah, they always had that in the, the, the last So time. wait a minute. So they weren't. So what, what was the actual value of them? Well, nothing. They're counterfeit. Very little. So well, who cares about bragging? Then you didn't do anything. You just found a bunch of fake jewelry. They're trying to rip people off. People are going to pay top money for these Chanel logo earrings. How do you know they weren't going to go into a claw machine at, a, at, a, at your local Walmart? That's not how this works. It's, it's a game. The Chinese want us to have fake Chanel stuff, and the CBP says no. No drugs, no fake earrings, no fake cell phone case, no fake jerseys. They got jerseys if you— I I know. I see the jerseys on my my Facebook feed a lot of times. Never take me off this email list, Steve Bonsbach from the Chicago field off. I don't know how I got on this one, but I love it. What? Bonsbach. 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 Shake your Bonsbach. We love you. I say let the earrings go. Come on, people. 502-414-1450 502-414-1450 is the Thor and Sex line. Chanel's got enough money to begin with. She's doing okay. Texas this, Rutherford with I, I'm Big Harry Guy reminds me of Rick Majerus's going, I'm a big gay guy. I do remember that. <laughs> Have you seen that video? No. There's a video. It's I when, miss Rick Majerus. Oh, everybody does. It's when He's the, so great. They're talking about Rudy Gay from Connecticut. <laughs> oh, good Lord. I don't even know. <laughs> okay. And... It's him. He's sitting, oh, he's going he's sitting next to Steve Lavin. They're talking about Rudy Gay, and UConn's been underachieving. 
And Majerus just straight faced. I mean, he goes, I'm not a big gay guy. And Lavin is chuckling like a little boy right next to him, trying to hold it in. And he like he doubles down. He says something else like along those same lines where he just has no idea what he's talking about. But it's just that'd be the UConn team that would lose to George Mason in Elite Eight. That's correct. Exactly. Yeah. He uh God, that team should have been better. Oh, they underachieved big time. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Texture says, I'm ninety nine percent sure that I saw James Ramsey at the Wake Forest game. Does he still come around? I have no idea. I he's kind of disappeared. I know he left, you know, he's he's doing well for himself. He certainly has enough money. But I've got no idea if he still attends UofL events or, or how he feels or anything like that. It's got to be hard. I mean, I'm not shedding tears for him because I mean, he's, again, he's doing fine for himself. But UofL was a huge part of his life for an extended period of time. And he's kind of persona non grata now around Floyd Street. Texture says, TK, it's Western Union, not Best Western. Didn't I say Western Union? I thought you did. Maybe we stayed at a Best Western. No, we stayed at the Imperial Palace. <laughs> I remember the hotel because it was it, at the time it was the largest sports book in, in, in Vegas. That's why we chose to go there. And uh, but I've said it many Best Western. I might have said Best Western. I mean Western Union. Yeah. Texture says going back to the the flagpole comparison to TCU, but if you're hanging from your fla- from uh, your underpants on the flagpole, when you get taken down, more girls feel sorry for you and want to comfort you. That's how I see TCU now. Maybe. Is that, what, is that how they're going to get recruits? Is that what recruits think? we got to help these guys stay within 60 of Georgia. Yeah. Year. I mean, we go there, they only lost by 30. <laughs> uh, Texas says, just tune in if you guys touched. Uh, yeah, we've talked about Tim's Leo stories. Texas says, TCU scored a TV, TD. That's the equivalent of the guy hanging on the flagpole attempting to fling a cat barber booger on the other guy <laughs> but missing. It was bad. Texas Rick was always right. Within a doubt, I always trust Rick. Did Ron Rivera get fired? Uh, no, it looks like they fired the offensive coordinator. It's accent season. Looks like they fired Scott Turner. What's your favorite memory from the Cliff King Kingsbury era in Arizona? <laughs> the picture of him on the, during the 2020 draft sitting in his house. I was about to say the exact. It's got to be, be the house. house. Yeah. It's got to be the with house. The, with the pool in the background and everything. Yeah, it's probably it, yeah. It's, that was the best thing. That was that was. We all were like, man, this guy's killing it. That was like the highlight of his, his, his career there. <laughs> Did he get fired officially yet? Yeah, he got fired two days ago, I think. Did he? Okay. This man just keeps falling up. He's probably going to get the Cowboys head coaching job now. <laughs> I mean, how do you move <laughs> Or Notre Dame or something. He was 500 in college. He wasn't good. At, like, <laughs> no. he, couldn't get a, he couldn't get a head coaching job at the FBS level from anybody. He was going to take a coordinator job, and then the Arizona Cardinals was like, hey, dude, you want to come be our head coach? That's <laughs> fine. And you wonder why Arizona has one Super Bowl appearance in, uh, like, whatever. <laughs> been one of the most laughable pro, uh, franchises in history. Texture says, oh, it's a KRC text. Sorry. Do you want to read it still? It's, it's long. We can, we can say it. Texture says, being good at home and bad away from home feels like the hallmark of a mentally fragile team. I lo- now, now I'm happy we were reading it. Of course we've only played good teams away from home and mostly bad teams in Rupp. But even in the past, when we haven't had great starts, we've had some bad home games and some good ones away from Rupp. To me, that would indicate growing pains more than the mental fragility that this team has shown. Sorry if that doesn't make sense. What's a mental fragility? They're mentally fragile. Oh, okay. Did you? <laughs> fragility? I feel like it's... How did that make sense? But the <laughs> like that sounds like the guy from Christmas Story. <laughs> fragility. <laughs> Italian. <laughs> I mean, first of all, like how you're complaining about you had to play out, but you do know the schedule just rotates, right there, buddy. Like it just happened. It's not like a coincidence. It just, it just, it just happened to work that way. 
wasn't like they were purposely being like, we're scheduling crappy teams at home this year. Alabama's good, so we got to go on the road. I'm saying this as a as a man who's a Louisville fan hosting a Louisville fan-centric show. I think the Kentucky fan shows, as bad as we are right now, you'd think, well, the Louisville shows have got to, must listen, right? I think Kentucky shows have to be better entertainment value right now because they're, like, the hatred's there, and then you also have people who hate the haters. Like, it, it, there's a very significant back and forth where our conversation has grown stale in that, like, both sides are so clear. One side is, this is the bad, the worst it's ever been for U of L basketball. That's all I have to say. The other side is like, I trust this guy. I can't tell you why right now, but you'll see. And that's not a, it's not compelling debate. We don't have any new evidence. The UK stuff with Cal is, is juicy. It's interesting. And I, I see where both sides are coming from to an extent, but man, UK is kind of must listen radio. If they lose tonight, they play somebody bad tonight. I think Who is they play tonight. South Carolina who has Gigi Jackson, the number one player in America who was going to yep. go to North Carolina and then reclassed and went to USC, and nobody else. And they cannot lose to South Carolina. If they do, KRC will be must-listen tomorrow. 7-9 to nine, right here on 1450 The Big X. We play tomorrow night, right? We play Clemson tomorrow night. 0-5 versus 5-0. and 0. It's time to shock the world. I feel like we're going to get the win. Suck it, Brad Brunel. Yeah. Do you have – I like that uh, – I saw Roush was like, if we – Play South Carolina tonight. Maybe I'll remember this man's name. Like he, like the South Carolina head coach, Lamont Paris. I was gonna say I don't remember their head coach is. I was like, you can't make those tweets if you might lose. You can't, <laughs> Rash. You can't make those tweets and potentially lose. You'll get, you're asking for the Gamecock Nation. He's the first year coach, right? Yeah, because Frank Martin just went to UMass. Yeah, yeah. Where, where did they? Where did they get him from? It was uh, College of Charleston. I want to. No, that's Earl Grant who went to BC. Lamont Paris was from somewhere in the in the SoCon. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Just because you don't. Nobody knows where he came from. <laughs> Somewhere in the SoCon. Somehow, this guy no one knows about Landon Gigi Smith. <laughs> I guess Longwood, Chattanooga. Damn, I knew I was close with Charleston. That's why I thought Charleston. <laughs> but he didn't do great at, at Chattanooga. Yeah, I don't remember him being. Yeah, it was a weird hire. Texas says someone should do investigative journalism and find out the conspiracy against U of L led by Bevan in UK. Mike, I don't have that power. I can't. I mean, if somebody could break that story, it would have already been broken. I assume Bevan just didn't like Chino because of the whole Pacino thing. And he's boys with Papa John and yeah, crafts. Bevan is like one of those, you know, I'm going to sit on my high horse type guy, but probably has, you know, prostitutes coming in and out of his house at 3 in the morning. No, I, I don't think that's true. I think it's more like these people are paying me a lot of money and they want me to do stuff, so I'm going to do that stuff. I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's make it I don't think he's better. that complicated. <laughs> I think it's kind of straightforward. Texas says Rick is, has consistently shown signs of being a sociopath. Everything the man says is complete BS formulated to manipulate. Is he an excellent basketball coach? Yes. He's also a bad person. Good riddance, and I don't understand how some of our fans can still cheer for the man. I mean, okay. I don't know. Define your work. Show your work. What do you mean he's a sociopath? What? what, what? In what way? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything that was said in that indicates that he was complete BS. I think he was kind of justified in it, but to each their own. Texas says, uh, first first pebble, as Trevor said, was Sebastian Telfer going pro. Rick would still be the coach. It, oh, that's, it that's, always goes back to Sebastian Telfer. Yeah, I've been yeah, saying I know, this for years. I know. I've been saying it for years. The man ruined the program. That's why he belongs in jail, not whatever the other charges were. 
it's he ruined Louisville basketball. I think Vince threw a little pebble down there too, though. He he did. If in fact that was the push, that that if he's the one that's forcing the fire head the assistant coaches, then I agree with that. I think that that was unnecessary. I try to defend Vince as much as possible. <laughs> you are. I really do. <laughs> you are a tyraniac. You're, you're you're a Vince apologist. I should get a shirt that says tyraniac. <laughs> That'd be a good shirt. I'm a tyraniac. <laughs> Texture says, uh, are you sure the Sullivan Report isn't a Cohen Brothers script? <laughs> I don't think so. I like the Cohen Brothers. Texture says, Mac talked the other day about how hard it is to get up for road games and sleepy environments and talked about how we didn't make it in 2021 because we played in front of 2K people at BC and had to play with Under Armour basketballs, which are horrible. It's crazy. We just win that game, and he's probably still here. I think one of the most... There was a fascinating story. I want to say it was in the it was ESPN.com a few years ago who talked about like college basketball is the only sport where there's no regulation basketball. Like every program has their own like Nike programs use Nike basketballs, Adidas programs use Adidas basketballs, and they're different. And, and some teams like like hate shooting with Under Armour basketballs. I think that's a it's a really underrated story. Like, there has to be a gambling element to that. I'm sure if you could figure that out, like which teams suck shooting Under Armour basketballs, maybe you can make some money uh, covering on a spread. But the the whole like we couldn't get that was part of the problem with that team was first of all, yeah, they're playing in front of 2K people at BC, but there were crowds were limited that year anyway. So you were playing a lot of games in front of 2,000 people, sometimes less. That team just could not motivate itself. They they were good enough to be in the NCAA tournament. They thought they were way better than they were. And whenever they had a little bit of success, they win that game against Duke. You think this is the turning point. They actually won two games against Duke. And they would just show up and expect to walk over teams like BC. And it's what wound up causing them to have the handful of losses that got them eliminated from the NCAA tournament or didn't get them into the NCAA tournament. If they had, like, you just, you can't have that mentality in any season, let alone a shortened season where you're only going to get 20 games. Every game mattered more that year than it would in a normal season because you had fewer of them. And they just they sleptwalked through a couple of games, and that wound up causing this whole ripple effect that have us here with, without Chris Mack as head coach. Uh, hand up. I honestly had no idea that they used different balls for every team. Yeah, every team has their and own. And you know why I didn't know that? Because I didn't know they'd be so stupid to actually do that. It is, that is the dumbest thing I think so I've ever heard. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blown away by the fact I didn't know it. Because why would I, why would I assume they even did do that? That's just just I can't think of anything dumber to do in in sports. Yeah, it's that is the dumbest thing. That's ridiculous. Like this story, and again, I, I'm sure it's out there. It's been like eight or nine years old. They would talk to former players, and they would go places, and like they'd be at shoot around. And they'd be like, "This is gonna be a problem." Like I, I hate the group. Horrible. Yeah, it's just it's it's how it's I mean that, that is just I'm 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 I'm, actually, I'm angry. Texas Rod Tidwell is Chris Mack. Chris Mack is Rod Tidwell. You know? You know? That's a good question. Chris Mack is uh, Rod Tidwell is better than Chris Mack. You know? Texas <laughs> says Best Western equals a hotel. Western Union equals wire transfer service. I'm guessing you did say the same Best Western. <laughs> you didn't catch it. I didn't catch it at all. <laughs> I'm dyslexic, okay, people? Leave me alone. <laughs> Texas says if we send solely to Lexington, would that be the straw that sends Calipari to Texas? Maybe. If we send solely to Texas? <laughs> I mean... Alan Cutler couldn't do it. <laughs> Wasn't that the guy that they all... No, no um, uh, Jerry Tipton was the one that they all hated. Yeah, Tipton was the one they hated because, well, and it stems... The old school fans hated him because of the 
the the eighty eight story with that got him a Nobel Prize for the whole FedEx stuff. I can't imagine it got him a Nobel Prize. I think he not Nobel Prize, but uh, Pulitzer. Pulitzer, thank you. Yeah, uh, maybe give Nobel. I don't know. They give those away too, don't they? All the time. So they, isn't there journalists is or is that Pulitzer just the lots ju- of sports writers winning Nobels? <laughs> <laughs> they could you don't know texas says i'm team harry. don't judge them <laughs> texas i'm team harry now he won me over with these documentaries and interviews the word is axel rose is harry's pops i've heard that rumor before i mean i'm assuming him and carson Wentz have the same father they, they do look so i mean they look very i mean except for, well they both have red hair too i'm still team harry i'm just sick of hearing about it like i i, I get it. enough is enough i don't need to know what his in and out burger order is i don't <laughs> Now you're Team Harry because it's like you're just, the the other brother is what William William he's kind of a tool right he's just stuck up classic royal like just no person I, I don't no personality and where's Pop setting in all this he's the king of England now Charles uh, yes he did he did get king yes okay because Queen died yeah. remember, remember it was a whole big thing of whether or not you knew when we went on the air <laughs> you didn't you did not <laughs> so he's king now is, did he ever get married after Diana. Uh, yeah, Camilla. Multiple times? Or just... No, he's still married to, to Camilla. Is he married? Okay. Texas, speaking of In-N-Out Burger, it's coming to the East Coast starting in Nashville in 2026. That's a long time away for an announcement like that to be made. There's a lot. I mean, aren't we supposed to be getting uh, Jack in the Box here, too? I hadn't heard that. I thought we were at it because that, I knew we haven't had that. And we're going to bring a burger. I mean, again, I've had In-N-Out Burger. It's not that It's okay. I'd rather get Fat Burger so much better. Fat Burger? Fat Burger, yeah. Never had either one. They're both West Coast stuff. Texas says Ramsey and Jurich moved to Florida. I didn't know that about Ramsey. I knew Jurich spends time. He's like, in like Colorado and He Florida, spends right? half the year in Florida, half the year in Colorado. Yeah. Texas, but did the guy in the flagpole get to enjoy all the benefits of the hot girl for the several weeks leading up to the flagpole? The people are obsessed with this flagpole. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> That's how you know you've made a great analogy. I um, In this hypothetical, I'm saying no. I feel like he got more than a hold of hands, like in your scenario, though. He got beat by fifty-eight. No, no. I mean, he could have at least got like a peck on the cheek or something. I mean, not that's not even worth it either. But like, I could see him just at least like getting a a butt cup or something. No, not when you lose by fifty-eight. But he's saying, did you get the benefits before prom night? And I would say the I would benefits say, came after prom. Night. I would say no if you're talking about like sexual. Yeah. But yes, if you're talking about people thinking that you're cooler and maybe better looking than you actually are because you're going with this girl. The can't buy me love scenario. I don't know. Yeah, sure. You know, Patrick Dempsey did. You know, pays the popular girl to act like she's dating him so he could be popular. I don't know. You never seen Can't Buy Me Love? No. You should watch it. It's a good movie. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Welcome to twenty twenty three. Texas Patino may be a flawed person, maybe very flawed, but calling him a sociopath is a bit much. It sounds like someone needs to lighten up on the hate. I agree with that. Hey, I don't think he's a sociopath. I don't go that far. Texas, my two cents on the uh, KP stays or goes. Thank God we hadn't, we haven't, we got to almost to five o'clock without somebody getting into this. My two cents <laughs> on the KP stays or goes. If we send one of our own packing after a year, what top coach comes here after that? Patino might eke out fifteen wins with our squad. Still watching the tourney at home. You've got to keep him. I hope I settled it for you all. Patino might eke out, but did you realize there were two wins? Fifteen is just like that's a large difference. Yeah. Fifteen's like getting from holding hands to to, to, to to getting the third base. I mean, that's that's the difference. It's yeah. <laughs> but you know, might have eked out a Final Four trip with I mean, last year's team that won thirteen games. 
Um, Texter says, "What do you think Tito does with this roster?" I don't want to play this game, but I, I'll, keep I'll it. play it. Come on, I'll keep, I'll keep it simple and say he wins more than the three or four games it looks like we're going to win. Okay, well, that's a safe, safe assumption. But okay. first of all, I think he never, we never end up with this roster. That's a very good point. And the, even if we had it, but that, it's not fair. I mean, he's a guy who's. Some people will say he's the best coach to ever do it in college basketball, and you're comparing him to a guy who's in the middle of his first season. It's just, of course, the Hall of Famer should produce more with the roster than the guy who's never been head coach before. Like, that's something that, should, that shouldn't even be needs, needed to be said. Out that reasoning doesn't make sense to me. Texas, would TK join a fantasy league where the punishment for coming in last is eating an entire salad? Sure, because I won't come in last. Ooh. I'm just that good. Ooh. Texture says Max anti-mask stuff would have still gotten him fired. Why? Yeah, I don't think it would have. No. Well, why would it have gotten fired? First of all, we realized masks were redundant anyway. I mean, that's, that's an hindsight. I'm sure you know what redundant means. Yeah, it was pointless. It's not. <laughs> they were they were pretty much pointless. Not the exact. <laughs> and also not really true. But okay. that's okay. Texas. Uh, Jack they Mon- were placebo pills. That's all they were. Thank you for your knowledge there, CDC, Kelsey. <laughs> I'm just saying. Texas Jack in the Box is going where Steak and Shake was on Bardstown Road. Shep- oh, good. Uh, Shepherdsville was supposedly getting a Whataburger. Hopefully that Jack in the Box will operate in a more efficient manner than that Steak and Shake, which was the sl- – if you went there with no line and just wanted a milkshake. I hate to be the one to – It'd take you 35 minutes. I hate to be the very bad news to you, but I've been to Jack – Jack's Box for 24 hours as well. It's not going to operate any bit swifter. They 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 operate on about the same steak and shake level. It can't be worse. What a burger's now one place I've actually had not been to. I I know what a burger's, but I've not actually tried one. I haven't either. Jack in the Box is okay. The thing about Jack in the Box is they just have everything. Like they're they're just they're, your imagination has no ends in terms of what they offer. It's amazing. Texas Trevor probably gets a plain hamburger in and out, so his opinion doesn't really count. I got cheese and bacon on it. You don't do animal style. What's animal style? It's like their sauce. It's like their signature sauce. Oh, no. no. I'm not going to you do, you do kind of lose points with your recommendations for places because you don't eat like their signature food. Yeah, but it, but here's the thing. I, I should, I'm eating it just as a burger. The burger alone should need a bunch of you know, add-ons just to, to, to get past the fact it's a crappy burger. If it's a good burger, it's a good burger. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. That's like, that's like being like, oh, I'm a decent hitter, but... You know, I, I I take a bunch of PEDs, so I'm a better hitter. Like, no, you 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 are what you are. Don't be Brady Anderson over here. <laughs> I don't know how that tracks at all. I'm good with it though. Yeah. Sure, let's take a break. Brady Anderson Burgers. We got five o'clock hour on the way next. We we still have not talked about Jeff Brom's newest addition to the U of L football no, program. We'll get into that topic. Also, new coach officially announced today. Or I guess not officially, but reports are saying what was about to hire a new cornerbacks coach. Football talk coming your way here now. Number three. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. My eyes are getting weary. My back is getting tight. I'm sitting here in traffic on the Queensboro Bridge tonight. But I don't care because all I want to do is cash my check and drive right home to you. Now you got me singing la la bonita. Oh baby, la la bonita. 
out. Right on top of The actual version of the, this is used on the show is only just that, like, like 10 second little I See Love thing, which is, you know what show this is from? I was going to say, I've got no idea what show this is. This The show is not great. It's okay. But the song is by a guy named Kev Mo, who I do really like, a blues artist. So that's my kind of, it's from Mike and Molly. Okay. I know who Kev Mo is. Yeah. I have never seen an episode of Mike and Molly. The, I, I know that it's two large people yeah. that are in a sitcom, but I've never seen that. This is the, basically their theme is just this right here. This la da da dee da. Is that Melissa McCarthy? Yes. Okay. Got and um, who is that? Who is the back? I don't know. Like I, I, it's one of the shows that I never watched, and then it's like kind of would see it on TBS. One of those one of the stations that would come on after something in like chunks, and I just. You know, would watch it right in there and it'd get... Billy know. Gardell. Who could forget Billy Gardell? The name of the... As the male lead. Is that his name? Apparently. That was something else. Billy Gardell and Melissa McCarthy. One of those two people more known than the other. Uh, what and it's we... got the, her sister in the show is the potheads, the girl from uh, Eastbound and Down. Okay. She's the one with the, the, the giant rack. Do you have any other facts about the show that you want to throw out there? Uh, her mom, I thought, was Reba McIntyre for like the first two seasons, and it turns out it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 5 o'clock hour of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We've talked the breaking Tim Sullivan stories in the last two days. We talked about last night's FBS national title game, which, by the way, easily the lowest-rated CFP title game since the BCS era started in 1999 over ESPN's three networks of coverage, ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPNU. It averaged 17.22 million viewers. Folks did not stick around for the second half of the 65-7 to demolition from Georgia. The lowest, I mean, I guess shouldn't come as a huge surprise, but the lowest ratings ever since the BCS became a thing over two decades ago. That is, uh, I mean, we both said the same thing. Like, after halftime, I kind of checked in every now and then, but I wasn't I wasn't going to sit there and watch that whole thing. I had it on, but it was on mute. Yeah, well, you still get the if you have the box, you still get the they get they get the Nielsen for that. Yeah, I mean, I was giving them I was giving them the ratings a little bit. If you were a Nielsen person, I mean, but they I guess they like you said it's kind of hard though when they're they're putting in like six ES, all ESPN channels. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of I don't know, it's kind it's hard I guess to tell like which ones. You didn't watch New Mexico Old Old Dominion? Was your only other sporting <laughs> option last night? Go you know, flipped over to Raw. What are Raw numbers did? Probably not as probably a little bit worse. That's okay. You never know. You never know. Uh, so we talked about that. We talked about the, the the basketball program tangentially, not directly, but because of the Rick Pitino. Are you yawning now in the, into the mic, Patrick? I thought I muted it. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Damn button stuck. No, it didn't go out. Don't take it personal. It's nothing to do with you. Just to help tell your story again. I swear I wouldn't because I was. It's just because you had to come in here four minutes earlier today. I mean, yeah. And I'm just hungry. The three o'clock start just really set you back today. I'm really, I mean, my stomach is really ground right here. Like, I'm counting down the minutes now to run to Taco Bell and give it's me the like, in and out conversation. Give me three you. soft tacos, no lettuce, and scarf those down. What we have not talked about so far today the newest additions to the UVL football program one a player, one a coach. Uh, the big addition is, and this was brought up yesterday, he'd been visiting over the weekend, Wisconsin running back Isaac Garendo. I hope I'm saying his last name right. It's one of those, yeah. I've, I've seen it, I've never actually heard it. He is coming here after putting up decent numbers at Wisconsin in limited carries last season. Averaged 6.0 yards per carry last year. He's a big-time speed back, also guy who has power, according to 
Um, who's the person who said that? Jordan Schultz, who covers college His football. dad. His, his, his dad says he's great. His dad says he can do it all. Who said, like, who said that again? Who told us all this? <laughs> Tommy Garendo. Uh, no, but Isaac Garendo coming here. He's got one year of eligibility remaining, so he'll be a one-and-done for UofL. But he does exactly what you want right now. He, he shores up the depth in that backfield. Last season, 64 carries, 385 yards, five touchdowns. And if you're thinking, you know, why would Jeff Brom see this guy and say, he's a player that I can do things with at Louisville? Well, it's because he was pretty effective against Purdue last season. Seven carries for 72 yards uh, in that game. It's an average of 10.3 yards per carry. Had a long of 54 yards, so Brom clearly saw something. He did the classic uh, Jeff Wallace thing. Put up big numbers against me. Cool. You're going to be playing for me next year. That's how it's going to work. So we bring in Isaac Garendo. I also like that I saw Jawar Jordan tweeting out. He quote tweeted Garendo's tweet announcing his commitment to Louisville and said, Let, let's, let's do this. Not affected by, not negatively affected by having another veteran running back coming into the backfield. So now you've got Garendo. You've got Kiwan Brown, the freshman who had been going to Purdue before Brom took this job. And you've got returnees in Jawar Jordan and Maurice Turner. It's a backfield that you can feel pretty good about. It's, it's a backfield that you feel like you got guys that can catch catch balls out of the backfield. We saw a little bit from that from Turner in the bowl game. We know Jordan can do it. Uh, you, Garendo caught 17 passes last year for 115 yards and a touchdown. Not bad numbers given the amount of snaps that he was playing. It feels like a versatile backfield that should be the perfect one-two combo with what you hope is a lethal Jeff Brown passing attack. The man just goes out there and keeps getting quality guys, Trev. Uh, Campbell wondered, like, Brom's normally been like a, a, a like a, a not a committee but back guy. Like you look at the track record of his coaching, and I know some argue he doesn't run the ball enough, maybe, but like majority of his, it's the one guy that has like a majority of the carries. So I can't but wonder, like in this group, who's going to be that guy? I don't think he's going to do it that way. I mean, I, I think he'll go. I think he'll prescribe more of the the Bobby Petrino and Scott Satter. I think you'll see a lot of guys. Get I'm carries. not saying other guys won't get carries, but you'll see, for example, you'll. Your top guy's going to get 150, 160 carries, where the next guy's maybe like 60 or 70. I mean, that's a big gap difference, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's because they didn't have they didn't have good backs at Purdue this year. Uh, Devin Mockaby carried 195 times. Their next highest carries was 93. Um, so I mean, it's a hundred hundred difference. It's a big gap. <laughs> it's yeah, but it's still. I mean, he still got the second guy got 93 carries. He's I think not going to neglect the rest of the backfield. I, I think he'll spread it out more. I mean, he didn't have the types of backs, according to anybody who's followed Purdue followed, and knows Jeff, they didn't have the running backs that he wanted to work with there. I, I think he wants to run the ball more than he did at Purdue. And I think he'll – I mean, they ran a decent amount at Western Kentucky, which gets lost in this all the time when you talk about Jeff Brom being passed first, second, third head coach. Like, they ran it effectively. Ace Wales put up some monster numbers there. I think he'll utilize these guys. I, and, I, I really do. And it's, and it's, it's three years at Western. This first year, top running back, 272 carries. Next, 82. Yeah, and that's Wales. Like, like, Wales. Well, Wales was at 82, actually. He didn't take over yet. Who was the top running back that Leon year? Allen. Oh. I didn't remember him either, to be I mean, honest yeah, with you. I don't you. remember him. He, uh, he ran uh, for 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> not bad at all, actually. Yeah, exactly. And then your next year, you had – now, the next year was even, 164-154. And that was Furby and Wales splitting time. And then his third year was Wales 237 to 99. I figured Wales got the, the lion's share that yeah. last year because he was he was really good. He and, was. And at Purdue, they've had two years where the top running backs. And they just you really realize hearing those numbers, how little they'd ran it at Purdue. But in two of the last four years, the difference between the top carrier 
and the second leading carrier were less than 50. Uh, it was, yeah. but again, like we're talking like 130, 81. Like these are, they're not, they weren't running it a whole lot. No, no, you're not. When you're 130 is your top running back, that's not, just, yeah, you're right. That's not running the ball very much at all. And the year before that in 2018, it was 157 and 108, which is still not significant, but a little bit more. The year before that, 113 and 90. So, but there's a, there's always, to your point, a large drop off between the top two and number three. So I think the reason why you want to shore up your, your backfield, though, even if he doesn't plan on giving these guys even carries, we saw last year how much running back injuries are going to happen. Yeah, and then not to mention just also like listen, you, you got you're, if you're picking between four guys, you got a better chance of finding a stud than picking between three guys. For sure, I and mean, we know I mean, two of these guys can get it done. I mean, I think I think you feel good about both Jawar and Maurice Turner after what you saw last year. J- Jordan specifically because he was so good for the entire year, and Turner is, I mean, super fast. I, I think he has a chance to be a fantastic college player. I'm so excited to see what he can do. Brown, probably a guy that in an ideal world you you redshirt. He was a highly touted recruit. I think he can be a really good college player. You're looking at two guys and three guys in front of him. I mean, now Garendo's not going to be here after this season. He's got one year of eligibility left. Jawar, I think, has just one year of eligibility. He's got two left. And then Maurice Turner is a true sophomore, so he's got three. But Jawar Jordan, maybe one of those guys who can say, like, I'm 23, 24 years old after this season. I may not make the NFL, but I'm, I'm ready to not be a college football player anymore. You don't know how what he's going to do. Transfer portal stuff could happen. Like, guys are going to get their opportunities. I think, I think you, you should not feel worried about having four scholarship running backs here. Well, that's good, but way too, way too early predictions. Because you were big on Evans pretty early as well, and it's okay. Who, he, he was the starter. He was. Right now, of the four guys you have in front of us, who is who leads the team in carries? I'll say Jordan. It's the safe answer. Um, I want to lean Turner for some reason. I think that like there is a world that I can see that's super realistic where Turner early in the season, and this is what I said about Evans. I didn't think he was going to be the starter at the beginning of the year. I thought Jalen Mitchell would, and then I thought Evans would take control and kind of wound up being the opposite. Evans started as the starter, got hurt, and then more guys got more reps. But I can see Jawar Jordan being the guy early on and then Turner just making the most out of the reps that he gets and establishing himself as, like, this guy's too good not to get – 15 carries a game to be utilized out of the backfield, and then he becomes the guy as the season goes along. I'm very excited about Maurice Turner, but look, Jawar Jordan did nothing this season to indicate that he can't be the lead running back for a very good Power 5 conference team. Like He was he was terrific. He was If you don't have Jawar Jordan performing the way that he did, there's no way that team, team wins eight games last season. He saved you down the stretch because Evans got hurt. Mitchell and Cooley both decided they didn't want to be here anymore. If you don't have him, then you're done in those those last few games. It's insane because just a year before that, we didn't know he existed. We were starting to doubt. We, we thought he was, just, he was just made up. He and Brock Doman, <laughs> and then they're leading us to, to bowl game wins. <clears throat> the other addition. We're not things just work out, right? <laughs> the show. A weird history of <laughs> when we start talking about things, them. I mean, you had to show me like Brock Doman's like, team page because I didn't believe he was even a real person. I didn't know if he could throw. We finally saw him throw a pass. I thought you were just making it up. Now, the other news on the football front is Louisville, this is not official yet, but they're expected to hire East Carolina Steve Ellis as its new cornerbacks coach. Ellis uh, has a, a really remarkable backstory. You can read about it. The Athletic did a piece on him, uh, his, his crazy, his wild upbringing, his work ethic, all of this stuff. It was by Chris Vanini back in 2019. You can read it. I linked it on Card Chronicle today on News and Notes, but Ellis is another guy that has a really sterling reputation in coaching circles, a good recruiter, a good guy when it comes to 
connecting with players. Uh, he led at ECU. Uh, he produced an All-American cornerback uh, last season. A guy that, like, I'm not going to pretend to know the ins and the outs of what Ellis brings to the table outside of what I've read, but what I have read is all universal positive, universally positive. When you have all these college football people and all these fellow coaches saying, like, he's one of the good guys, he's up-and-comer, you're going to be so glad that you added him to your staff, you get excited about that, and that's, that's, uh, that's how I feel. Jeff Brom, transfer portal, recruiting game, coaching staff putting together, hitting on all cylinders, Trev. This is we said it before. We'll say it again. Could feels like it could not be a better month, better first month on the job than it's been so far. Winning. Thank you for that reference from 2006. No, that was not. That was 2000, like 2011. I don't think it was that late. Charlie Sheen winning. That's like 2010. Yeah, Charlie, when he was doing the Tiger Blood. Because I was because I was working at Insight. That was right after Cumulus went blank, and I went I went and worked at Insight for like six months, and that was when that came out. Was that was that. Oh, it's just 2010, 2011. 2011 looks like you're right. Yeah. God, you, you, were, you were locked in. I feel like you were coming off the grid. You have a lot of stuff to remember <laughs> from 2011, 12. And then after that, it's just gone. Before and after that, you're like, it's like you existed in the 80s and the 90s, went away, came back from 2011, 12, <laughs> kind of went away again. And now you're just kind of getting back into society here in 2023. I'm being slightly distracted because I just got the video on our thread about Jared Jeffries being on The Price is Right. Uh, I put that on my, the website today. Was it? I hadn't seen this until just now. I'm not, and I don't see the, I'm not watching it without the video. He wins a car. I, I assume. Does he win a car? <laughs> I, I just assumed you were doing Cardinal Insider on your phone. No, I, no I'm just kind of kind of said that on that. Jared Jeffries. <laughs> I didn't even check to see if he sent it yet, to be honest with you. Yeah, the video's out there. Jared Jeffries went on The Price is Right. He wins a car and. Goes nuts. I wanted to, I, nobody's told me how he did in the the showcase showdown or how he did in the spinning the wheel, but I assume he didn't make it to the showcase showdown. Yeah, we'd have video of that. But yeah, he's he got a car. There's no way that car's big enough for him. There's no way. What kind of car was it? I didn't see. It's like a sedan, so I can't imagine. Yeah, Judge Jeffrey's six six eleven. I, I don't mean, think he's fitting in there. Why was he on the Price is Right? Was it like a celebrity episode? I got no idea. Or I, I assume they didn't. He's just randomly in the Price is Right. I, I think mean, he was just in the crowd. They're like, Jared, get on here. I don't. I don't think it was a special episode. <laughs> I mean, what? It's kind of funny. I mean, he played the NBA for like a decade. It makes me like him even more. I mean, he was. Yeah, he's not like he's. He doesn't need to buy it. He's got. He should have money, right? He hasn't blown all that money, has he? I see. I I didn't want to sound <laughs> insensitive because, like, my first thought was, there's no way. My first thought was like, this guy doesn't need a car. No. What are we doing here? And then I was like, maybe he does? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Jared Jeffries' background is. Okay, you search Jared Jeffries on Google, the first thing that comes up is already Price is Right. This <laughs> is the top thing. That's bad. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he was on Monday's episode. He was not. I don't, it was not like a celebrity episode. He just was 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 in the audience and got called up. Yeah, Jared Jeffries, according to reference page, that's how much money he made in his career. Scroll down here. Do, 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 do. Where's the salaries at? All right, according to them, and this is obviously just base salary. This doesn't like count. $40.5 million. He doesn't need a new car. There's no way he's broke and needs a new car. Yeah. I mean, he was. And then, wait, wait, he, he wanted, I love the Knicks giving him $6 million a year. He won a Toyota Corolla. There's I no, mean, there's no way. I fit that thing. There's no way he's fitting in a Toyota. No. Car. I mean, again, people didn't think I fit into a, a, a Prius, and I did. That's true. And it was comfortably too. But he's six eleven. He's got like seven. Yeah, I'm more. I'm wide. Well, I'm six three. But yeah. yeah. Well, so he's got eight inches on you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about height. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to give you an extra inch. Oh, I wish. I wish I could agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> but yeah, Jared Jeffries wins a car. 
Al is good with IU. This is like the highlight of IU's basketball right now. Is Jared Jeffers winning a car? Have you seen? <laughs> speaking of IU, I wasn't, I wasn't going to bring this up now that we're on the subject. The I we 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 read the Trace Jackson Davis responding to the the letter. Yeah, no, I never. Re- yeah, and I didn't even like I said. I never really read the letter. I just kind of glanced it, but I kind of figure what it was said. So IU players on Instagram, there's a you know every school, every city now has like a barstool whatever account. Like there's yeah, barstool Indiana, yeah. and they post that. It, it's like the every fan base has used some variety of this meme where it's the the triangle going and like the arrow pointing all around. So it's like a constant cycle. And it's, yeah. like, it's like, I get my hopes up. I get disappointed. I start to believe again. They, the Bar- Cowboy one's the more popular one, I think. I've seen it forever. Yeah. Like the Reds, that was the first place that I saw just because I saw it because I see red stuff. True. But it was, it's been like going, it's an old meme. It's been done for like four years. Yes. Now. So the Barstool Indiana account puts that on their Instagram and says, make it make sense. This season sucks. And all the players start commenting on this account. Like, here y'all go. It's middle fingers again to you too. Uh, Miller Cop says, "Bunch of pencil neck clowns on this app. Look us in the eyes, and you'll be quiet as, as can be. I guarantee that." <laughs> You've got uh, some. Keep that same energy. Race Thompson says, "Like you guys have got to stop reacting to the Barstool Indiana account posting crappy it's memes." Barstool. On no one gets. No one cares about Barstool, do they? Like I, it's the Trace Jackson Davis thing. I felt sorry for him. These guys. You play at Indiana. This stuff's gonna be out there a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's ju- just ignore it and move on. Like this is, you guys aren't having a great year. Maybe just beat Penn State, calm everybody down, and it's going to be fine again. But I saw that and I'm like, man, I don't feel good about Indiana's long term chances now after seeing stuff like this. But they're so concerned about what Barstool's Bloomington has to say. Turn the the best thing that Rick Pitino ever did was not let his players be on social media. That's I don't I don't I don't, I don't I would, if I was a coach I wouldn't have my players on social media during the season at least during the season yeah during the season I would ban social media as well I don't know if you can even do it anymore I feel like I see you can I think you can I mean I, I mean I feel like Iona's players are on social media because I think I still follow Quinzelinski on something and he's I feel in, like he posts in Maybe fairness though no one really cares about Iona on social media like fair. Louisville but fair but like you know if somebody wanted to post something about Rick Pitino they could this stuff just. I mean, come on. You guys have to know people are going to see this. Just just leave it alone. Don't do it. I mean, what, what good comes from by acting all hard to the Barstool people online? I don't know. It, it's a silly thing. Like, are you, you going to go to their offices and be like, dare you say to my face? Maybe they will. Maybe they'll go Jim Rome and call you Chris Seber right to your face. Maybe they will. In better news, more positive news, we now know that Louisville football's 2023 schedule is going to be set 20 days from now. January 30th is when the ACC is going to announce its schedule release for the upcoming season. We know a little bit about what the schedule is going to look like. We know the cards open up against Georgia Tech in Atlanta yep. in the first week. We know they host Murray State the second week. We think we know they're going to, ho- to play Indiana at uh, in Indianapolis in week three. And the only other game that we know on the schedule as far as what date it's going to be is that regular season finale at home against Kentucky. We know, the ho- we, we know also the other non-conference game is Notre Dame at home. Home games in conference play this year, BC, Duke, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Road games in conference play this year. That game against Georgia Tech, which is still technically a road game. Miami, Pitt, and NC State. It's that doesn't seem even. What do you mean? I feel like we got a harder road schedule than we do at home. I think we do too, for sure. I think you know, yeah, it doesn't seem even. I mean, I, I, I mean, granted, you never know what the like the ACC predictions are always wrong. Like that's we always, true, yeah. Miami's recruiting at a very high level until they start proving it. Nobody's going to believe in them. We don't know what Pitt team's going to show up. Pitt's I mean, getting some. They're the other. ACC team is getting a lot of early top 25 love um, and playing there, even if they're not that good, is still 
tough. We, we struggle with Pitt on the road historically. Mm-hmm. NC State's a tough place to play. They always have talent, even and they're going to have Brendan Armstrong now in a situation where he'll be able to throw more than 15 times a game. Remind me again, who's the uh, the the six foot six foot three, six foot eight white boy with strong arm but no mobility that went to Pitt this year? Uh, not Keaton Slovis. No, he was last year's. The new one? Yeah. I don't know. I think they didn't they get one. I've got no idea. Thought they did. Probably. <laughs> somebody from NC, somebody from another ACC school, I'm sure. But besides Georgia Tech, who you never know, they're entirely new regime there. They could have a, a whole roster overhaul. It does seem like the road games, Louisville's going to be not a decided underdog, but they'll be underdogs in three of those games. And then the home games, I mean, I don't know how good Virginia Tech's going to be this year, but you should be favored in the other three for sure. Did they make a bowl this year? Yeah, yeah, they did. You could run the home slate. Outside of, so. outside of Notre Dame, you should be favored, and I guess Kentucky, in all of those home games. And then, I mean, again, the schedule is shaping up for Louisville to have a nice first season under Jeff Brom. He should, the bar should be set, I think. You should be able to get to seven wins. Unless Jack Plummer just absolutely sucks and you can't find a quarterback, this is a team and this is a schedule that I think should produce seven wins at least. I feel good about that. Probably about taking three and eight. I don't think they made a bowl. I was going to say. I was gonna say I thought, for some reason, I thought they did make a bowl, but I, obviously they did You said it with such conviction that I was like, oh. Because I can't swear, once I said it, I was like, I, swear, I thought I saw them on a, like a, a score line getting beat in a bowl game, but I clearly was thinking of someone else. Uh, Pitt's new quarterback is Christian Valu, the Penn State transfer. <laughs> Betty six foot four white dude with no mobility. Oh, no. It, they got uh, they, they got Phil Dracovich from Boston College. That's, what it, that's who I was thinking of right there. It'd be nice if you knew yes. the answer to some of these questions before you just ask them willy-nilly one time. I remember this. The guy, I know the stereotype guy they got. I just couldn't remember the name. <laughs> I think he's better than Keaton Slovis. That's that in the bar. We'll find out. He was not, yeah. he was not last year, but we'll find out. I've been waiting for, for, for Dracovich to be good for like four years. He was, well, I mean, he's good against us. I mean, that's well, yeah, true. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't think we can really talk there. I mean, he had the one, he had like half a season at Notre Dame. And it's like ever since it's like still waiting on him. Yeah. Uh, UofL also officially announced the additions today of wide receivers Jamari Thrash and Kevin Coleman. That's done. Nice. Last note three votes in the three. final AP Top 25 poll for the Cardinal football team. No big deal. Three? Three votes. Nice. Three, we're, one of them. We're basically ranked. <laughs> we're basically. So we, we were ahead of Kentucky. I don't know if they got votes. I doubt it. Why would they? I know where they didn't get votes. The AP basketball poll. First time in a, non, oh. in a non-COVID <laughs> year that UK has not gotten a single vote in the AP poll since the last poll of the 2012-13 season when they went to the NIT. I mean, it's because Cal's lost it. If we've got to be historically bad, at least they can be kind of embarrassing, too. we got to at least win nine. Come on. We can't be worse than their nine-win season, though. I've got bad news for you. We absolutely can, and we are going to. I think we're going to. I think we're already on that path, yeah. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get your thoughts on the Gordon sex line about all this good stuff at 502-414-1450. Final segment of the Tuesday edition of the Rutherford Show is on the way next here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. Oh, baby. For the first time in my life. I see love, I see 
Now, what's this? Designing women. <laughs> you didn't know that the, the Designing Women theme was the uh, instrumental to Sweet Georgia? I did not. Yeah, because it's based in Atlanta. I used to watch, like, Designing Women was a guilty pleasure of mine for sure when I was little. But it's been I mean, at least, God, 25 years more since I've seen an episode. It did not, it did not drum up all the nostalgia that I thought hearing it would. In fact, I didn't even recognize it at all, but I love it. I think the later seasons, they did the actual singing version. Like when they added the, um, the guy from Mannequin, uh, the black dude, I can't remember his name now, Anthony. I remember him. Yeah, he was, because he wasn't in the first season. He was, I think he was at like second or third season. Okay. And I think that's when they, they, they changed it up and went to, uh, like the, uh, where, like the, they actually sang the words, the, the Georgia words were in it. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't, I, I have to trust you here. I got nothing for you. They just gave me my um, my tax documents for 2020. Oh, I got to get that did stuff. You, did you no. get yours? Did you get yours yet? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I got to call because I got to call this guy here because, like, <laughs> this is so weird. Like, so I get this email. and You got the email too, right? From Dugan, like, last week? About what? About the pay thing? No. Okay, you. I guess you've always been paid through this, this station? Yes. Okay, see, I, I have. I've never had. paid through the... The media group. Yeah, see, I'm not me. I've always been paid through Ryan Media, Dukin. Gotcha. So, so, like, I guess, like, that that was being, that was coming to an end. So, he sent me this email, like, last week while I was out of town. And I just think, I actually didn't see it till the weekend that, you know, I got to get hold of this guy and felt these 10 W's and now I'm going to pay through him and yada, yada. So, you're going to actually have to pay taxes now. I don't know. Well, let's roll it a little oh, bit boy. there. Buddy. But more importantly, like, I don't know, like, I've been on salary for eleven years. Like I don't, I don't know my my how's this gonna work. I gotta, I meant to call this guy today and I completely forgot. I'm glad you you just saying this now reminded me. I need to get a hold of him about this because I mean, like I don't know, I don't know how this is gonna work. Like, what do you mean? Like, am I gonna get an hourly wage? Am I gonna be put back on salary? What what, what, what are we doing here? I, I, these are not questions I can answer for you, Trev. Do, do you clock in on the website when you come in here? I do. I do not. Okay. <laughs> Because supposedly, like I've been told, like like from like people that that like Josh who does our does some of our board op work and and Scooch who does board op stuff that like you like I guess there's like a website to go like sign in on and log in on for our hours or something. I I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. Okay. I if, just, I just want to see of the four designing women, which one would you go home with first? <laughs> Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We'll take some text here to wrap up the show. Like, I, would Delta Burke be last? Yeah. I mean, because you remember she was like Miss Ford at one point. She was the most well-known. Yeah. But, also, but she was also like the running joke because she was the heavier set woman. I don't remember that. But. Oh, yeah, she was kind of chunky. But I don't know what that. <laughs> <laughs> but she was literally, I kid you not, the actual actress, Delta Burke, was Miss Florida. She was... She was actually at the um, the championship trophy of the first, I think, the USFL championship. And there's, like, footage of her on there. She's hot. Anything else? I mean, I'd still Good take any pods, but okay. Good to go? Yeah, sure. All right. Text line, 502-414-1450. Text says, Leon Allen at WKU once rushed for over 300 yards in a game against Army and broke the single-game rushing record. It immediately got broken hours later by Melvin Gordon. Leon blew his knee out the next year, and Ace took over. Leon was the type of guy who would run you over, similar to Anthony Allen. 
Shame about his energy. Perfect NFL short yardage back. I assume. Oh, why I'd forgotten him? I totally had forgotten. Him. I remembered Anthony Allen because he played for the Titans too for a few years. Did he? Yeah, I thought he played with the Ravens. He might play with them as well. But I'm, We're I talking mean, about the same one he played at U of L. No, no, I'm talking about the guy who played at Western. Oh no, I see. I don't know. I, I've got no idea. No, there was uh, the, he led the led the nation at rushing or something. I was right up there with rushing one year. Really? Yeah, at, at Western, and then he went to play for the uh, play for the, the Titans and somebody else. Jeez. Are you sure that was his name? So maybe it wasn't Anthony Allen. It was something Allen. I think the though. Anthony Allen that he's talking about is the one who played at U of L. Sure did he get hurt? He did. He transferred to Georgia Tech, and then he played with the Ravens for a while. Well, I knew the Georgia Tech and Ravens, yeah, but I just thought. Sexton says, uh, can we act like we beat out Dion for every recruit transfer going forward? Oh, it's Antonio Andrews. It's close. Well, Anthony Allen, Antonio Andrews, it's similar. They have some of the same letters. I, see. I mean, they both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, I'm gonna be cussed there. I was gonna, gonna, gonna get bad. I mean, Antonio Andrews has a similar name, like Anthony Allen. It does. Okay. It does. It's just not the same. Name. It's not the same, but I'm just saying it's, it's, it's not the same, but it is. The text line, the text line blew up saying you're thinking of Antonio Andrews. Okay, thank you. Yes. Uh, 1,700 yards, by the way. Yeah, that. Jeez. So can we act like we beat out Dion forever? Yes. Every recruit that we get. Picked us over Colorado. I think we can just say that. Because Dion's Dion's offering everybody. Dion's contacting everybody. Whenever we get a guy, it's revenge for Mark Vassett and uh and, and Slusher, Miles Slusher. Suck at Dion. Yeah. Texture says Trevor Soros's uh food takes aren't the greatest, uh, like his lack of vocabulary. Of course you'd argue that he has a very exclusive vocabulary, not to mention a phenomenal grasp of grandma's and super laxative command of synthetic. He simply chooses not to employ them. Bonus, if you can guess the movie quote, I just chose to butcher on purpose to prove my point, LOL. I kind of was zoned out because I heard thinking to myself being like George Costanza. Can you read the quote one more time? Trevor Soros's food takes aren't the greatest like his lack of vocabulary. Of course, he'd argue he has, he has a very exclusive vocabulary, not to mention a phenomenal grasp of grandma's and super laxative command of synthetic. He simply chooses not to employ them. I don't know the reference. Is it from Glass Onion where they're making fun of the guy from the, the Elon Musk type guy. Oh, he could for, be, yeah. For misusing all those words. That's kind of a, I mean, that's a, that's a hard reference to give for a new movie just came out, though. I mean, not to mention it's not that, like. I don't know if that's the reference, but. I, By the way, did you notice he was montage. saying the words wrong throughout the movie until it was pointed out to you? Not all the time. There were a couple where I was like, that's not. It didn't right. even occur to me. There were a couple where I was like, that's. But I thought it was like just a joke in the moment. I didn't think it was like a, a character flaw. I thought it was just like, this guy's kind of dumb. He's saying something stupid. I didn't catch all of them until they did like the montage. Yeah, that's I hadn't even noticed. I, and I want to sit still. Maybe I'm going a limb here, but the best part about the entire movie, and I did like the movie to a degree, was the random guy who walks around and he's like, don't mind me. Daryl? Daryl. The, 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 yeah, the kind of hippie dude. That, and then he walks in like, when she's searching the rooms and he walks in and he's, it's his room and he's got the big old bong. He's like, you want to hang out? It was pretty funny. <laughs> he's, the, he's the best part. He just randomly walks in and he's seen. Texas says, wait, was TK hating on Mike for being excited about Evans before last season? Tie on Evans? No, I wasn't hating on you. I was saying that you just you were prematurely picking him as the being the guy, so I was asking you to do it again this for this year coming up. I wasn't hating on you for picking him, was I? I didn't think so. No, I didn't think you were. I, I wasn't meaning to. Texture says, is this what Trevor listens to when he tries on his lingerie? <laughs> what the, the meaning? <laughs> I get up every morning and I go to get, I look in the mirror and I'm like, 
I'm like getting dressed. I'm like, okay, what, what are we going to wear today here? What hockey shirt will we feel like today, huh? Now I'm envisioning. Yeah. <laughs> He's like holding the shirt up over you without putting it on. Like, Look in the mirror with this in the background play. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be great. With sweatpants. <laughs> with sweatpants. What would Dixie Carter prefer today? <laughs> Texture says uh, it was a joke about "aha" uh-huh from Little Rascals, but using the words as a joke about Trevor. Ah, uh, Little Rascals reference. Wow. Oh, uh, the part where he's like, "But actually, I have a quite extensive vocabulary." Is that what he's talking about? I guess so. Before I don't remember that from Little Little Rascals. It's been so long since I've seen a Little Rascals episode or God forbid, the movie. movie. The movie's good. Well, I mean, I think it's a TV show, but I mean, yeah, the movie itself too was popular in the nineties. Text that I missed TK last week and I went to Arby's. The Wagyu burger was just as delicious as he said. <laughs> See? People doubt my my food taste. It's got a refined palate. I mean. <laughs> don't doubt him. Don't don't doubt my food. Listen, I could, I know food. I know food. I know movies. I know sports. That's it. Text that I had a burger from Sonic the other day and it sucked. Can TK confirm that their burgers are bad? Uh, yeah, their burgers are great. I go to Sonic. I'm getting two things. Yeah, uh, I'm in. Cherry limeade, uh, chili cheese tots, or a corn dog. The last one, no for me, but the other two are the only things that I would get. Yeah, Sonic. that's all I get there when I go there. I get a, I'll go there and I'll get a cherry limeade, a large ter- chili ch- a chili tater tot, and two corn dogs. So Mary and I started watching a little bit of uh, Veep because it had been recommended. Like, and I, I I like it, but I'm thrown off one of the 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 characters in the show. I'm like, where is that guy from? He's very like stern. He cusses a lot. It's one of the Sonic guys from the commercials. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the guy who has hair, like kind of hair. Like I've never, I, I tried watching Beep when it first came out and it didn't grab me. I like it. I've been told it's slow to get into. It's a comedy, so it's it's harder to binge. I, I, I've gotten distracted by Welcome to Rex, which I'm plowing through. I'll, we'll go back to Veep in a little bit. But we've watched like I think four or five episodes. It's, it has its moments. I mean, I like uh, Dreyfus. I She's like hilarious. Her. Yeah. Texas, my wife and I are going to do Animal Style tonight. Come on. Is that a style? <laughs> come on. Like just snipping butts? I mean, what, what is that? Texas says, Trevor has never come in last in a fantasy league. Get a championship and how quickly he seems to forget. I don't know if that's Didn't say I've never have. I said I never will again. Oh. <laughs> By the way, today, <laughs> you want to talk about like being cocky. And and uh, so when I won my title, the first thing I did was I ordered a, a replica winged eagle championship that Hulk Hogan wore back in the 90s. And I got it in the mail today. I'm so excited. I can't wait to wear it to our draft next year. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. It's a gi- this thing is huge, by the way. Like, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was like 200 bucks. I do want to see it. Yeah, but it was kind of cool. $200 on a fantasy gift for yourself? Oh, yeah. Trevor. Well, I mean, what? It's just poor spending. Really? Yes. I can think of a lot worse ways to spend my money. Oh, okay. Teach their own. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, so... I mean, some guy just lost 150 bucks on TC the night before. That's true. Sector uh, says 15 wins would go would be going from holding hands to a threesome. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Threesome would be making the tournament. Yeah. Well, what kind of threesome are we talking about? Are we talking about like okay. MFF we, we or MMF? Stop, I mean, stop, okay, stop, all right, stop. I'll stop. All right. We don't know. <laughs> no. Remember, never make eye contact in that devil's three-way. Texas, just remember the guy who invented door knockers also got a Nobel Prize. <laughs> Did he really? Is that true? 
<laughs> Door knockers are great invention. I mean, see, my knuckles thank him. <laughs> there you go. You can definitely give. There's no reason they Tipton didn't get a Nobel Prize. <laughs> but the best Jerry Tipton story of all time. I think we talked about the show before. Is still when he because all UK fans thought he was like a U of L plant because he's the only guy who's trying to like. Not, Be honest. Not write glowing things about UK <laughs> yeah. 24-7 in Lexington. And so he played at the UofL golf scramble and hit a hole in one. <laughs> I don't remember that. Which no one would have known that he played at the UofL media golf scramble if he hadn't hit a hole in one. Yeah, that's crazy, though. Kenny Klein's like, I've never seen anything like that. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great when it hits Twitter. And sure enough, like I check my phone on hole three. I'm like, oh, they're already pissed off about this. I bet you this point. You've ever hit a home one? No. Okay, I couldn't remember. I, I, I've never hit one, and I've never been playing with one with somebody who's hit one. Okay. <clears throat> Closest I've ever been to when I worked at Glen Oak, someone hit one and they came in and celebrated and stuff. Which, again, I think I brought this up, but stop me if I have. Like it baffles me why when you hit the home one, you're the one that buys for everyone. I agree with you. It, I just I didn't understand that. It's like all of my friends, I think, are, are wealthier than I am. If I ever hit a hole in one, I'm gonna be like, I'm not buying you all anything. You you're, shouldn't have to pay for anything. Stuff. You should get like all free meals and like. You're next round of golf on the house. Agreed. You should get you should get something for free. Yeah, yeah. Yet the guy who hits it has to pay for everything, and that poor guy that day at Glen Oaks, man, whoa, it's backwards. He came in the next day and saw his bill. And I thought he was gonna faint. Texas Annie Potts is hot. She's even hot in Toy Story. Yes, she is. She both people. Uh, possibly. I mean, Toy Story is just the animation version, right? I mean, correct. I still get. I'm telling you, look at Young Sheldon. She's like in her 60s and still holding up, man. Take that, Madonna. She at least Madonna, and she's unlike Madonna. She's like not all plastic either. Texas says, "Who will the first college coach to be fired in 2023, and why will it be Mark Fox?" Hey, Cal keeps piling up wins. <laughs> Mark Fox. Does Cal have more wins than us? They beat. Well, I don't know if they they saw when we were at dinner on Friday night. They were beating Colorado on TV. I mean, I know I'm down four to two to EMU. Cal has Cal has won back to back Pac twelve games. Oh good lord, we were in the wrong conference. They're two and three in the Pac. They've beaten Stanford and Colorado in back to back games. They beat Stanford by twenty two. <laughs> Mark Fox is saving his job. We're not beating anybody by twenty two, right? I'll tell you, he's getting fired. Coach K is taking back over Duke in, in a month. Coach, they're they're calling. They're making the call to the bullpen. They're sounding the K alarm. They're flashing the K moonbeam. They're John Shire's out. He's done. Cal's not even in the bottom of the Pac-12. I told you they're two and three. Stanford's zero and five in the Pac-12. They're two and three. That's insane. Jared Hass is he going to get fired? That is Stanford's coaches. Mm-hmm. Where do I know a name from? He's a basketball player. Oh, maybe it's pretty okay. Um, who will be the, honest question? Who gets fired first? Like in general, or just between two people? Oh, in college just... basketball, like power conference college basketball. Oh, Who's gone? Patrick Ewing's probably the safe answer. I think I'm surprised they haven't let him go yet, to be honest with you. They've lost, what, 25 straight Big East games? It's Unreal. Like that, yeah. He may. You talk about holding on to like giving somebody every chance possible to, to be successful. Well, he also, I mean, he won the Big East tournament as the lowest seed. Yeah, that's true. Like, kind of yeah. saved his job for a brief uh, brief moment. But I think that. What a losing record. <laughs> Unreal. I don't think they'll fire him midseason. I think they'll wait till after the year, but I think they'll. It's done. Like he's he's yeah. gonna be gone. Like, but that's the I don't know. Well, I think in the answer, Chris Beard. I guess yeah, it's already happened. Technically, you were, you're asking a question that something that's already been answered. Yeah, I, but I guess for non, <coughs> excuse me, non domestic violent cases, not off the court stuff. <laughs> yeah, really. I can't. I mean, the ACC is kind of like the the bad coaches are all relatively new. 
you may not have a whole lot of turnover in the conference this year. I mean, Kevin Keats was the guy who really needed to step up. They're playing really well. Um, I mean, Passner. <clears throat> everyone knew his team was going to be not great. They've been maybe slightly better than thought. Mike Bray has been the biggest disappointment. There's a, a stat out there. I think it's Evan Micaiah, his last name. He tracks. He, he has a category of, you know, we do coach of the year. Like coach of the year always goes to the guy who overachieved the most based on preseason expectations. And he has coach of the year rankings that go all the way down to last. And his, like the coach who's done the worst job this year. And he's got, and this is not, I'm not bringing this up because it's a rivalry thing. He says John Calipari's rankings say John Calipari's done the worst job in college basketball this year. But Mike Bray's done the second worst. So, Bray... I don't see Bray getting fired. I don't, but they have been, they haven't been good. They people keep expecting them to make this big comeback. Like they've been the breakout team in the ACC the last three years, and it just has not happened. I mean, it's Notre Dame. They gave Digger Phelps twenty years for one win. Yeah, I mean, he probably sticks around, but he's they're going to start putting a little pressure. I'm just looking through conferences and um, Kermit Davis at Ole Miss on the hot seat. Nah, I don't think so. Not yet. I mean, they're oh, they're they're. Eight and seven, zero oh and three in conference. Yeah, but this is only his second year, I think. No, he's been there. This is his fifth year. Is it really? We played him when he was at, and he's gone down every season. Twenty and thirteen, fifteen and seventeen, sixteen and twelve, and last year thirteen and nineteen. Gosh, I just remember playing him when he was. It does feel weird that he's been there this long. I know. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of on. He's kind of been near hot seat at this point. He was so good at Middle Tennessee for a long time. He was. He was there for a long time. God. Um. Yeah. That, that may be. I. I honestly did not. Even have him on my radar. That's that's a good one. College basketball. I mean, Pastner's going to go. Probably, I, I yeah. Think. I mean, was Georgia Tech? I mean, well, Cable may be saving his job right now a little bit. Cable's coach. Cable's saving his job. Hoyberg yeah. at Nebraska is coaching for his job for sure. Yeah, I'm amazed he hasn't been fired to begin with yet. To be honest with you, <laughs> Ewing's gone. Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State needs to step it up. Did, yeah. I mean he? Still, he said, did he get save it for the one little run he had, though? Yeah, but they've been terrible since then. They were terrible before that. They're terrible at one during that run, too. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, they and Georgetown both. Constantly been terrible in general. I mean. <laughs> Texture says, um, Mike, Trevor has resale value with that belt. He could have blown the money, literally. Oh. Come on. <laughs> Stop. Uh, the belt's cool. You, you want to bring it in tomorrow? Yeah, I want to see it. I'll bring it. I should have brought. I could have brought it today. I, just, I literally got. I mean, it was on the in front of the door when I was walking out, and I was like, I gotta open up to see what it looks like. It's kind of heavy too. Texter sends in a tweet of, yeah, I've seen that the, you know, the, the Popeyes chicken meme kid, where he's like doing the eyes. He's like he's holding a drink and he like looks at the camera, like looks away. I think I've probably seen his eyes get buggy or something. He just kind of like looks. It's like a weird look. He's okay. like he's like Ooh, I don't know about that. He's a college football player now, and it's like all and people are like Popeyes has to give this man an NIL deal. They do. He's I, a, I know that. I remember the commercial, though. He's a freshman offensive lineman at Lake Erie College. He looks the same. Yeah. Uh, Texture says... Lake Erie. Texture says, not a great threesome, but it's still a threesome in the whatever thing. No, there can be bad threesomes. I think he's just trying to talk about the the reference to what going from... Two to fifteen wins was. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've got. That's all I gotta say about that. Texas Brian Gregory's definitely getting fired. Brian Gregory's is a nuclear cockroach. The man just survives everything. <laughs> like Twinkies. And falls up. It's unbelievable. <laughs> He's a date he was the guy dating, right? Yes. 
Yeah. Where is he now? South Florida. Oh, God. It's, is there anybody at South Florida that isn't on the hot seat at, at any point in time? Should be more. In Texas, I miss Reganong at the end of the bench, holding onto those chairs for dear life and screaming at nobody in particular. Reganong, I've had the privilege of meeting him several times in person. Like he is, I don't know what you thought he was going to be like in real life. He's like the quietest, nicest guy of all time. Like just could not be a nicer human being. Clearly, like we had him on the show when he was announcing his retirement, and he got teary on, on the show and. Uh, cried a little bit, which you, you expect. He's a, clearly a very emotional person, but like just like the kindest human being of all time. I love Reagan Ong. And like, if you saw that guy and had no idea who he is, you're like at a UFL game for the first time, and he's like banging the chair and just screaming the whole time. You would think this man is just insane. Oh yeah, but he's the best. I miss Reagan Ong every day. Texas, did you see the Dolphins may have gotten the greatest backdoor cover in the history of sports gambling? They were up by three and miraculously got a safety to end the game to cover the three and a half point spread against the Jets. I saw the like. I know they won eleven to six, so I did not see that. It's a nice, yeah. It's a, it's a, some would consider that a bad beat if they had the Jets. Texas wasn't Georgetown's run in the Big East tournament essentially what kept Louisville out in twenty twenty one. Yes. Yeah. Them winning and uh, was it Colorado winning the Pac twelve? Oregon State winning the Pac twelve. Oregon State, yeah. We just mentioned yeah. they played Colorado in the title game, and if Colorado had just won that game, they would have. We would have. They both had losing records going to the tournament, didn't yeah. they? They that yeah. knocked us out. <sighs> Thanks for bringing that up. Well, really, really grinds my gears about all that too is that we were like this one team like we're on the last cusp you're the last team in and then VCU like canceled because of COVID and we couldn't we couldn't just drive up to Indianapolis and take their place I know that's what really kind of pissed me off as much we would have won the whole thing we would have won the national title the fact that team a team canceled because of COVID and didn't even show up and here we are like on the outskirts running in like irritated me I genuinely this is not a joke I want the replacement team number one banner up at the, at the Yum Center. Yeah. It'd be hilarious. I say go for it. 2021, like, what is that in really small print? It's like, oh, number one replacement team. <laughs> it's an honor. Uh, and a it's, privilege. It's an honor and a privilege. Tonight, we've got a fairly loaded, as we flip the script now from college football to college basketball taking center stage. It's a solid slate of games tonight in college basketball. Oklahoma State taking on Kansas State. K-State kind of become the one of the biggest early stories. I saw that they made the biggest jump in the history of the AP poll from unranked to ranked this late in, in a season. They went from unranked to number 11 this week, which is an absurd jump for January 10th. How? Because they are they beat Texas and they scored 116 points in that game, and they turned around and won at Baylor. So they, they, They've beaten three mm-hmm. straight ranked teams. They're 14-1. and one. They're 3-0 and oh in the Big 12, which is probably the best conference in college basketball this year. And they take on, yeah. they're hosting Oklahoma State tonight. Four and a half point favorites. Who you got, TK? K State. The big game in the ACC, nine o'clock on ESPN. Yeah, picking one. K State to win and cover. Okay. North Carolina, still trying to get right on the road, taking on Virginia, nine o'clock on ESPN. Who's are a five point favorite over the heels? TK, who you got? Wahoos win and cover. I want to say Wahoos win, but don't cover. I'm borderline on the cover, but I'm on the, I'm better. I feel better up at the win. I might be with you more on the non-cover. I'm still though. kind of high on Virginia long term. Like they got they've got good players. Kia Clark's been there for 17 years. Armand Franklin's played college basketball since the Stone Age, and it's Tony Bennett for God's sake. I'm I think Virginia's gonna be the best team in the ACC this year. Uh, and the other game of note tonight, not UK, sorry, Kansas hosting Oklahoma. Jayhawks are a ten and a half point favorite in Allen Fieldhouse. Do they win? Do they cover? Yes and yes. I think they win big. I think Kansas is really good. So do I. UK tonight, South Carolina. Any hope that we get a Gamecock upset? 
Uh, yes, I think the uh, I'm, I think it's a scary one. Kentucky ends up winning in a close game. What's the line? Nineteen and a half. Kentucky's nineteen and a half. Yes. Take take load the money on the Gamecocks. They're covering that. Gamecocks only lose by six. I'm gonna say they cover, but it's more like fifteen. They lost to they lost to Tennessee eighty five forty two in their last outing. That was the, that's just in the past. They did beat Eastern Michigan by ten. There you go. They helped you out already once this year. I'd say that's why I'm a South Carolina fan. G- give me Hootie and the Blowfish on the phone right now. All right, tomorrow it's game day. We'll be talking about Louisville versus Clemson as the Cards look to get their first Screw ACC Clemson. win over a team that has not lost an ACC game yet. We'll see you then. Everybody enjoy again. Not Cardinal Insider, right? Is that, well, yeah, maybe. 7 o'clock, the Jeff Wall Show will be on 970. Yeah. Check him out and then check us back out tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We'll see you then. Have a great Tuesday.